Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome along to episode 121, I believe, of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse. Thank you so much for checking out the episode, as this is your first time listening to the podcast we always done 121 episodes, which is a long time. Roughly about three years worth of stuff. So, um, if that sounds cool, obviously please do obviously listen to the other episodes. We've had, you know, RJ Mitty from Breaking Bad, Edward James Olmos, some people from Newcastle, uh, some comedians, some poets, some video game guys, some board gamers. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it, the criteria is for the person to be interested and interesting. And occasionally, like this episode, which is hosted, we'll have a friend of mine or someone involved in the site or someone who I work with sitting down with me and having a good old conversation about whatever comes up, which is typical me. I was a king of tangents. If tangents were the thing, I would be praying with it and worshipping it to, to my heart's content. And this is no different. Uh, this is my good friend Ricky, uh, at uh, VividRicky on Twitter, who is the co-host of Mentally Sound, which we are going to do a best of episode on this podcast, so you can hear what it sounds like, because that's kind of in limbo at the minute, in terms of uh, putting up episodes, but it's a mental health based show that me and Ricky do on a radio station here in Newcastle, and so we wanted to do a best of, to basically let the audience of this podcast hear it and maybe subscribe to it on iTunes as well as obviously this podcast as well but that's not really what we talk about on this we talk about a whole host of random stuff I actually catch up with him because the last one I did was Euro 2016 special with Ricky so we talk about what ha- uh, what's happened in the last few weeks talk about dating because I'm currently on the dating scene ladies uh, and men as well, oh, I'll take anyone uh, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding and uh, yeah so uh, talk about that. Uh, we talk about dealing with mental health because we both had bad weekends uh, before we were filming this. Uh, slash, well, recording it, I should say. And yeah, it's just uh, random, random tangents. Oh, we talk about football a little bit. We talk about past stuff. And I give a massive reveal to an extra special guest who is the next episode. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but basically get to the end. But a person who's been on the podcast is willing to do a full special podcast with me and Ricky, and Ricky is a fan of said person, uh, so I'll not spoil it, uh, it'll be revealed at the end, uh, but yeah, oh I might put it in the description, but if you're in this and you've not read the description, I'll not spoil it for you, but yeah, she's super cool and we're going to record that episode on Monday, so that'll be the next one as well as we're working on, like I say, a best of edition, and then Gary Pollard from Mental Health is going to come back, we've got the guys who are working on the Dark Souls 3 games, a uh, bunch of other stuff, which is really super, super cool. Um, but apart from that, that's everything. As you may be aware of, the ha- the site is being uh, restored and everything with the security risk, so that's ongoing. But um, thanks for listening, guys. At Geek underscore Apocalypse on Twitter, and this is episode 121 with Ricky. Hosted special! Booyah! <laughs> Thank you.
Um, okay, cool. So, right, yeah, as I said, we'll do an official introduction and then I'll not use it. But yeah, so we're officially starting now. <laughs> so yeah. So thanks for, uh, obviously, hello again, Ricky. Obviously, this feels, doing? feels really weird uh, saying that. Like, because I don't want to, because they're like being mates. I just want to go, are you alright? How's it going? <laughs> 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 so just go, well, oh, do, you, yeah. do, your, do your listeners understand dialects and accents and... Um... Uh, sometimes. I mean, um, sometimes and sometimes not. Um, but I, I often get, uh, mistaken for being American or Irish. That's the two major ones. American? And, yeah. Who? I don't know. I honestly, <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you. Um, no, I understand the Irish one a little bit because. State or something. Sorry, say that again? Not from other Americans who think you're from a far off state or something. Oh no, not other Americans. I don't think. I'm. <laughs> I'm. I think. I'm. I think mainly like Europeans who go where are you from and think it's okay. Irish or or uh, American. Um, I guess it's because you know, as you know, I'm not really. No, I, I have a tint of a Geordie accent, but that's basically it. Um, and I'm sort of just out from just outside Newcastle, so I don't have a very fluent Geordie accent anyway. <laughs> but mm-hmm. as I've as I um, as I know about this when I did it in A level and did English language, uh, the, the 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 really fascinating thing about that, and there'll be people who listen to this will know, uh, who, who you will observe, anyone listening to this would have observed this in their life at some point is you take the um, uh, you take the I think it's called is it idiolect the the it's basically your individual language is called your idiolect I think yeah. Yeah. and I, it's just trying to remember what I learned like fifteen years ago <laughs> and uh, and yeah so do you take like idioms uh, which are basically like sort of mannerisms and language from different like regions and and people you take mm-hmm. them if you spend any time in that particular area um, so uh, in, on a subconscious level what English language teaches you is. Or any language, really, but English language taught me that you often speak uh, in relation to what circumstance you're in. So, uh, what I'm basically make it might seem an obvious assertion to say, but I will sound probably more Geordie and more common (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, with my my friends from school because you know that we share the same accent. It depends on who I'm talking to if i'm talking to another geordie i would come across as more broad in my yeah if for want a better term but it's like that have you seen that um that black black hat um goes forth episode where they, they try and find a german spy yeah 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 they suspect <laughs> the guy in the opposite bed because he has a strong german accent and he says unfortunately i've been in i've been a spice for so long that i've picked up on the dialect and i can't get rid of it <laughs> it's true, yeah, true. We'll have that. um well, I I remember like spending the reason I kind of noticed that that worked, other than just uh, learning it in sixth form. Or uh, for those outside England who doesn't know what sixth form is, it's like sort of college years, um, and you do it uh, you do it after high school. Um, so that's what I mean by sixth form because I may not understand that term. It's where they it, pretend to treat you like an adult, but yes, don't you wear you don't wear, yeah you don't wear any uniform, but you're still part of the school that you used to be in, and or Mike. Well, in my case, it was um, you just go up to the next year. Group and um, and yeah and and you you yeah and it's the first time in your academic life you can skip classes and you don't get punished. <laughs> uh, I'm not encouraging anyone listening to this to do that, but uh, <laughs> I'm already being silly. But uh, <laughs> but I, but yeah. So um, the, what I was saying, I, I again, this shows how brilliant 
main and Ricky's mind is, is we had like a little pre like, oh, we're going to talk about this and we're already on completely something that we had no idea. Um, but it's interesting because you've already, again, this is how, this is why Ricky's perfect for mentally sounding for this, which is why I want, we wanted to do more of these since the Steve uh, episode. It's because uh, our minds work really similar as that we, we were interested in something so we ask about it and I, I like that a lot. So, um, but yeah, to go back to the language thing, I noticed that when um, I went to my sister's uh, for like about a month or something, and yeah. she lives in Preston, which is uh, in Lancashire, uh, sort of northwest of, in- of England, sort of like about, I think it's about two and a half hours away or something was like there, that. It was there last year for PFS when we won that Oh, award. yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, um, which is why like I was kind of bummed I didn't go, because I probably would have visited my sister oh, yeah. if I had a chance. So anyway... So yeah, so uh, when I spend some time there, uh, they say fantastic all the time, kind of like what Scousers do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's like fantastic, like everything's fantastic. Like, and I ended up coming home, and like some friends started to notice because I hadn't got out of the habit because I heard it so often that I was calling everything fantastic. And the joke I used to do was that they found everything fantastic that I used to do the joke of, "Oh, your grandma's died. That's fantastic!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> because it's just such a common thing to say. It's a bit like saying, I mean, like I guess if I, if I could draw a comparison, it's it's uh, another thing that I realize I say a lot of, but I generally mean it is is awesome i say mm-hmm. awesome a lot and i it's kind of like a generic like i think everything's great or it's like everything's awesome uh but i might say it on the odd occasion where i go that's awesome when i actually mean like it's all right or it's quite good yeah. but you know awesome just fits the bill for a lot of things so yeah that's kind of what they do with fantastic so every time i was like i you know i'm going to the supermarket and buying some groceries and i'm like that's fantastic like i'm just, <laughs> I'm just like why i don't why am i doing this and then fantastic. yeah you, you have yeah. to say in that Scouse look. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It almost comes <laughs> like Scouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting you mentioned Scouse just very quickly. But uh, if you watch, um, it was an episode of uh, Fantasy Football League with, you know, Skinner and Badil back mm-hmm. in the 90s. And yes. they were talking about what we're talking about now. Oh, yeah, I love that show. Remember the that Liverpool show Jan Maldi, the midfielder? Yes. He's was he Danish. Danish? Yeah. Was he Danish? Yeah. They they had footage of him when he first signed for for Liverpool, <laughs> and he could barely speak a word of English. Yeah, and then they found footage of him just a few months later, and he, honestly, you would think he was a scouser the way he talked. He just picked it up. He still has it now. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a there's a clip. On uh, there's a show on Sky Sports over in England called Fantasy Football Club, and they get all professionals to come back and do their one to eleven as in their favorite, like from from the best greatest uh, footballers that they've played with and he's like an interesting one because he was part of the famous Liverpool side of the you know late 70s where they won everything Uh, and he also played for Barcelona I think for a bit because uh, or was it AC Milan or something yeah because he he was at AC Milan beforehand because I just again we did a very football heavy show so I don't want to like spend too much time on this but um, the interesting thing I found out about that, which I told my other football fr- football uh, fan friends the uh, the other day, in that one to eleven, he picked Frank Reichard over Gullit and Van Basten, and uh, and he said why? Uh, well, uh, like in terms of they said who was better. Yeah, that was the question he got asked. Who was the best at AC Milan or whatever? Whatever. I must have been AC Milan because that's where they were. Um, and he went uh, hands down the best player every week. Who would, who would absolutely blitz everybody was Frank Reichard. Mm-hmm. And he said, what, what I find interesting about when people debate out of Gullet, Reichard, and Van Basten, who are the be- who, who would you say in order was the best players? 
mm-hmm. he said everyone would go probably uh, the, the debate would be the top two debate would be between Gullit and Van Basten and probably people might say Van Basten for a couple of years but Gullit maybe for his whole career was better than them both but he mm-hmm. says any ask anyone who played with Frank Reichard he, he was the best out of all <laughs> which I just found fa- a fascinating that's one of the reasons I love you know, I see everyone. I whenever we ask this to, of me all the time with about interviewing, is um, that's what I love about interviewing is because you'll never get to know that unless you ask the question. Um, it's interesting so, because I mean I agree, with Frank Reichard. I mean, obviously Van Basten and Gullit were the flair players, and yes, but Frank Reichard he, he was an incredible defender. But it seems if you can remember that infamous incident in in Italian ninety when he spat in Rudy Voller's. Oh yeah, he was a bit of a. Yeah. It never, <laughs> it didn't really tarnish him afterwards, did he? Because he went on to become a successful manager with Barcelona. And yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you could you could see there's yeah. some interviews of him. There's some interviews of him on YouTube where he's a bit like sort of, you know, testy with the reporters uh, and, okay. and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess it still sort of stayed with him a little bit. But yeah, he was certainly successful. And I think I, I think you hit the nail on the head. And I guess to just and sort of football related discussion is because I think yeah, Jan Mulby point was right because basically on that on that interview which is what we were originally talking about he actually still is Scouser he has Scouser <laughs> tints in his voice which is really weird as you say he grew up in in, uh, yeah. in Denmark so so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always funny when you say that where you see like foreigners who come from football clubs and they, they there's another there's another good over. example uh, just very quickly uh, mm-hmm. is it, is it, do you remember the English player is it Tony Woodcock oh yeah because he he went and played and managed. I think he trains in Germany still. All oh, right. If, if you listen to him, he's got a dead strong German accent. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're 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 missing the most obvious like uh, reference to talk about is because I always laugh at these and I occasionally like rewatch them. Have you seen Steve McLaren's thing of him pretending that he does? <laughs> oh yes. How could we forget? Like, I know, yeah. It's so relevant to what we're talking about. For those that I, don't I, know, I am totally... If we'd been on to next topic without mentioning McLaren... Yeah, been... who obviously is... We're, being Newcastle fans, he uh, used to, he managed us as uh, like last year and destroyed, made us, got relegated because he's rubbish. Yeah. But um, but anyway, there's it, as I was just about to say, I'm totally okay with anyone who's listened to this who feel free to pause this podcast, uh, go to uh, YouTube... <laughs> find just type in like steve mclaren as in i think it's spelled the same way as the formula one team uh so steve mclaren uh like dutch accent and you'll find it on youtube and basically the the context is he's an english football manager he gets a job at fc20 and he gets his first interviews with this dutch reporter and he basically puts on a dutch accent for absolutely no reason and it just is painful um and then this was repeated not that long ago with Joey Barton when he went on loan to Marseille. He did the same thing, but in a French accent, in a French accent, oh. and uh, he got both, the same. But I'm not, yeah, I've not yet seen it. Yeah, it's not as funny as the Steve McLaren one because the Steve McLaren one. I think Joey Barton, as he does it, realizes he's doing it, and he's like, "Oh God, what have I just done?" Right. Whereas McLaren feels like he's being like polite. <laughs> It's almost, it's almost like you know, Warren, yeah. he did it. He did it again when he when he um, joined Wolfsburg in Germany. Did he? he oh God! Was at a press conference, and and I think if memory serves me correctly, he, he put on a German accent <laughs> for the press. <laughs> He's such an idiot. I mean, yeah. it makes some, it makes it makes English people look like absolute pricks, like or, or just completely ignorant. It's like the pe- it's like the English people who go to France and just think the how to speak French is to sort of like shrug your shoulders and go, I yeah. do not know this, like yeah, like, like that kind of 
our yeah. attitude and it's just like it shows how pathetic we are about dealing with anyone else's language that we just don't know what to do what to do like kind i think you need to Dave, travel Dave, more Dave, english people kind of think david brent or yeah uh, yeah yeah went on holiday yeah it's kind of like how basil <laughs> faulty would deal with a foreigner or something yeah um but yeah so um god what were we talking about so so yeah um the so we're talking about obviously I, as i said yeah so to go back to what the story i was saying is just i would say fantastic all the time mm-hmm. so um so that's kind of an example of where you know as you say you you come up with your own uh, idiolect as in your own you know own personal language because another example another example of of when your accent becomes more pronounced is if you end up in an area where you're the only one that speaks your accent that's a another scenario uh to give you an example of that when i like for example when i went to my cousin's wedding a couple of years ago and they just loved my accent because i was like the only one well obviously i had my family there as well but they just kept asking me to say certain phrases um the 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 most common one they asked me to say was a and e because we say it like together as opposed to they say a and e whereas we say a and e like and as in for accident and emergency and and for some reason they just found that really funny (laughs) so they kept asking me to repeat it which got tiresome after a while because being at a wedding there was like 50 people coming with me at various points (laughs) to the the night going can you say a and e i'm like you don't want to like actually talk to me and get to know me first like yeah you know i'm not a puppet like uh but but yeah so that's that's the that's another example but for the most part you know i guess to 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 clarify and i don't know what ricky's accent would fall into the category of but not really I don't know, is it fair to say, like, I don't really think you have really much of an accent, but I might be totally wrong. But I can't hear what he had one. Well, that's the thing. It's quite, um, it's not really been pigeonholed in the extent where <laughs> I was born, obviously, I, I'm of Indian origin. Yes. And I was born in West London, but I came up here when I was really young, like two ah, or three years old. All right. So you were never, it's yeah. never really, it's never really kind of got a grip, um, <laughs> But so would I you consider yourself like a? So would you consider yourself a Geordie then? Because that's something, that's something people. I always find silly. Like I can give you an example of that. I think it's, it's Stephen Taylor who's just left Newcastle. There's another football right. I reference, but he um he used to get people. There were certain people who would say he wasn't a Geordie because he moved here from London at like two years old, oh. and I just find that fairly pathetic. <laughs> it's like yeah, so. Yeah. So from your point of view, do, do you not really count the fact that you were born somewhere else? You consider yourself from here? Or is I that think it's fair? more about where you're raised than yeah. where you're born. Really. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So you pick up elements and habits and accents mm. and everything. Um, obviously, like you would never have even remembered being in London. Exactly. Uh, I've got still got quite vivid memories of London, but I wouldn't say that I picked up uh, anything there that kind of stuck stuck with me. Yeah. You know, when I moved, but but you know, like you know, some of our national treasures are likes of um, Spike Milligan and uh, um, who was that? Anab Fab, the actress. Um, uh, Joanna Lumley. Yeah, they were both born in India. Oh, um, really? I yeah. did not know that. So I Cliff think I might have known the Spike Milligan one. I know idea Joanna Lumley was it. I know, you know, it's up to debate whether Cliff Richard's a, a national treasure or not. But he, <laughs> he he was born in India as well. Can you imagine? We have some Cliff Richard fans listening to this. Go, how dare you? <laughs> Unsubscribing right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, uh, that's funny. Uh, we just need a rain delay to happen, and we'll get him to start singing. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> reference to Wimbledon for this. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally not, you know, I'm not 
a fan of Cliff Richard, really. So, but yeah, um, but yeah, I think it wasn't was that true though. That yeah, he, well, he, I think he was. So you saying he was born in India? I think that is right. Yeah, Spike definitely was because yeah. obviously. Yeah, know, I, I think, think I heard that as well. But he was raised in a military family. And yes, with the Empire and yeah, uh, born out there. But his family were originally Irish, I believe. Yeah, but obviously, I think a lot of people have Irish heritage. Yeah. Born in India and, and so we came and raised over here. So, um, so I guess I mean, like I, my hero is Joe uh-huh. Strummer from the front man of the Clash. He was born in Turkey. All right, but see, he came to London at a really early age and was like, you know, you'd listen to all the footage and of him. Wanted to think burn he... the cunt city to a ground. <laughs> <laughs> you do, he's not English. How dare he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask. Like, I don't want to make it like sort of political because I have talked about Brexit on here before. Yeah. But um, what do you think about the whole? I mean, like, answer this as trivial as you want, but you know, being the fact that you're of Indian descent, like you're, you're obviously, you know, I, I feel like it's obvious to me to say this, but like, I, I of course don't really care in, in the sense of it's not irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm just interested in the case of that leads to the obvious sort of thought in the. Is it? Do you find it strange that people, you know, that I guess the certain political parties here want to be all pro-British and the, the, the this thing of like being a pure British person when you know I'm speaking to someone right now who's from a different, different, you know, has ancestry from a different country, yeah. which is silly based on the generalization of we're all, you know, if you go far enough back, we're all from Africa. <laughs> so I guess just what's your view on that? Like, do you think this, do you think it's silly that you, people want to think of such a thing as this, there's one person that's British, like there's a stereotype? That thing is, sense. we've become so, I mean, to use that phrase, a melting pot, mm-hmm. um, we've so, we're so all kind of, we're all so-called in there right now where we have friends, relatives, from from everywhere, how what what what's defined defined as pure British anymore? It'd be hard to you'll be hard pushed to find somebody who's like had ancestry um, purely from this country, like going back centuries. Yeah. Um, it's actually that yeah, that's a really good point. It's actually I would I, I would say it's a fair guess that you, it would be actually be harder to find. It would be much more harder to find someone that didn't that was that it would be it would be much more likely to find someone that had. Um, you know, heritage from outside of the UK than in it. Yeah. So that's silly in itself to think. Where in the in their whole entire, you know, political view is that they're doing it for everybody. Like we're pro-British for everybody, which is that kind of notion you just said kind of dispels that whole theory. Really. There was a there was a documentary. Um, might have been Channel Four or something a few years yeah. ago. Did a. <clears throat> it was one of those DNA. Um, Programs like so what they call the gene- genealogy, oh yeah, is the, isn't it? And uh, and a lot of these sort of pro-British parties who want nothing but, uh, you know, Brits and everything, you know, obviously very suspect in what they really believe in their goals, and and they approached them and, and did sort of DNA tests, and they found out that they had their ancestry went like as we say to Africa and parts of Europe and South America and. And once they found that out, they obviously kind of went in denial mode, and they they wanted they don't want to be part of the program. The test was rigged. The yeah. test was rigged. It's like a USC fighter. The test was rigged. I didn't turn out positive. What are you on about? <laughs> they threatened legal action against the program and stuff. Oh it was, god! Uh, yeah, but uh, but I mean, 
that's the type of journalism. I was thinking about this the other day and think that's fascinating because this debate about what is journalistic right and I guess what's our, what's a right for a person or the public to know something. And I always use the example of, like, you know, that's a good an, an example you just give there. But the example I always go to is if a person has sex with his secretary, for example, um, that's essentially his business and the business of, I guess, the, if they're married, like their family or whatever, if it has that type of repercussions. But yeah. from our point of view, it's none of our business in the sense of yeah. it doesn't affect us. Um, it's not our right to know that, um, so therefore you shouldn't like sort of try. In my, in my eyes, that that should be the end of it. Mm-hmm. But if you, the 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 basic way you should look at certain things of if things we should know about on a public sense, like a journalistic point of view, is if that person is having sex with his secretary, and that is his motivation for giving her a huge pay rise and and uh you know sending their places on taxpayers money or something like that then that has a direct consequence to all of us and the and that's the motivating factor is the fact that he's having an inappropriate relationship so that is our right to know because it could influence his thinking it's the same it's the same argument i make for you know being being that i'm a non-religious person which people know that's why i think it is it's interesting when you look at the american election um you should you should know who you're voting for if they're religious or not on the premise of not 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 that not that that matters but in a in a long sense i just mean is their really religious stance going to affect their decision making and if it is we need to know that well it, uh, well, it does i mean i'm I, yeah. I, i'm in tune with as much politics as i can you know yes. that um, yeah yeah you know you only need to read my twitter feed and so <laughs> on, know, yeah but but, but not <laughs> it's good though in in America, um, if you if you're standing for or any any type of leader, I guess not just you know t- to get in the White House, but if you do that without the mention of God, then your your chances fail because you know it's about in God we trust over there and yeah, yeah. the the mid states you know where they have a lot of uh, religious based um, laws and stuff mm-hmm. uh, they want to widen their appeal. So well, and also it's just common sense really because the country is majority well not it's getting less and less all the time but it's still the majority is religious orientated so basically so. if you're if you're an atheist and you're standing for president you've just got you haven't got a hope in yeah you got like 70 percent of the country or something <laughs> against you there and yeah. then uh so yeah uh, it's uh, i can give you a really good example of that because there's a lot of evidence to suggest that obama is actually an atheist um th- th- that that was that was that was thought about and debated like for both of his um election campaigns because um they seem to think that he the the evidence seems to indicate he says it because he has to like mm-hmm. like you're saying like he does the whole you know you know uh, you know uh like if a tragedy happens he says now for a prayer and stuff like that yeah. he does yeah. just out of kindness and i guess to not mm-hmm. you know get criticism uh, apparently, in a private sense, he isn't anything like that. But he, I think he was clever enough to be aware of, like you say, that if he just came out and said, "You know what? Screw religion. I'm not religious at all, but I'm still going to run because I'm the best candidate." It's like um, I, I saw a really good point with Judge Judy, and I said this to my friends the other day. Um, I really like her in terms of obviously our show is a bit silly, and uh, but it still gets a lot, a lot of people watching. And I do like it. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure to watch the show, but I don't take it as that seriously as probably other people do. 
But mm-hmm. I love when she talks in interviews and stuff because she has like a very good no nonsense strict approach that I think more people should have. And she made a really good point about Obama and saying, um, she got asked like, how are history going to remember Obama? And uh, the question was, is he going to be remembered as the first, um, you know, African American president? And she said a really good distinction, which I think not enough people raise. And yeah. she's like, it is obviously really good that they that they elected the first African American person, but mm-hmm. that's not that should never be the question historically. Historically, the question should be, um, mm-hmm. was he the right man for the job at the right time? Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, and she said, regardless whether he was black, white, a woman, Hispanic, you know, mm-hmm. whatever the whatever the criteria. And I think that's a really really good point, and that leads me to like my worry about sort of you know feminist groups. Uh, like, because you see, that's what the word feminism's been. I'd say that I've discussed this with my girl mates quite a lot. And they sort of agree with this sort of notion that feminism as a word's been taken over by extremists. Yeah. And basically, the notion is that they want to rule the world and sort of replace men and just have a women-only society and kind of, like, do to us what we did to them. Yeah. Like, which is completely delusional and, and not the right answer at all because I'm all for equality and, and, yeah, and equal yeah. rights that's what but... feminism was about reaching equality it wasn't about <clears throat> you see you, you get a lot of conservative women as well who hijack the word feminism and and really they, they come out with this weird agenda where they're quite happy to be subservient under male leadership <laughs> or, and it's, it's just it's just pure hypocrisy from, from, from what I see it's no, it's probably the most hijacked word, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah. Oh, I think it's had the most change yeah. in in probably our lifetime. Like, yeah, totally. Uh, it used to, like, kind of quite a powerful, meaningful word word that, like, needed to exist because there was there was a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having mm-hmm. seen my mom go through issues of inequality and everything else, and I'm sure that you've yeah. seen examples. Whereas yeah. now... The the thing that I see quite a bit of, and I've he- heard people who have this sort of extremist feminist view, that a woman should get the job regardless of skill because they're just, by definition, better than a man. Mm. And that's the problem. Because like, that's yeah. literally doing to us what what the you know stupid, ignorant men did to women for hundreds of years. And it's like yeah. that when... I guess the point I'm making is we're not them guys. Uh, we're, we're not them guys who think that. Mm-hmm. We we have just the broad, open, equal <coughs> mind than than everybody than than ev- than than, ev- than that everyone should have. And so this idea of that a woman should just go and take a person's job because they're a woman defeats the point of what the criteria for getting a job should be. Um, that's kind of the point of why it was a problem in the first place. Is because. They could have been the best skilled person, but because they're a woman, they never got the job. That's what we need to change. We don't need to change that a, a, a guy a, a guy can't get a job because he, you know he's he, he's he's looked at as the you know taken advantage of an inferior gender. Like because that's not that might not be about, what's um, happening. It's more about sort of leveling the playing field, isn't it? Yeah. So those those candidates who are after that whatever job it is that you do have. Uh, a diverse range, so yeah. you know, sh- basically not shutting out any minorities. So well, and they all should get the same amount of money. I mean, that's just ludicrous. Um, uh, although I, I, I might cause some controversy in saying because I, I referenced Wimbledon earlier. I don't, I'm interested to know what you think. They should not get the same amount of money as guys in that in that scenario. That's always argued, and I 
I think that's complete completely wrong the reason I say that and I'm not talking like in general in terms of tennis and that they should get the same amount of money but for the same amount of work the problem with women tennis is that they they play far less sets and so this idea that they should get the same amount of money when they play a lot less I don't get it or I don't agree at all um and if it's funny because I've heard I think it's the Williams sisters in particular talk about that and they've said that they're happy playing longer sets, but they're also happy to get the same amount of money. And they're the main proprietors of of of, people, of tennis play, women tennis players who want the same amount of money. Now, I agree with the idea of because they play best of three sets in majority of other tournaments and not Grand Slams. Therefore, women should get the same amount of money because they're doing the same amount of effort. Um, but this idea in Grand Slams that they play only best of three sets and guys play best of five sets and yet they should get the same amount is not right at all. Because you know what? You, you've, you've, you've actually... I've learned something there because I didn't know they played fewer sets. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's right. In Grand Slams, it's still best of three. <coughs> and I think I'm they sure. changed it two years ago in Wimbledon where they both get a million dollars. The winner gets a million pound. That's how it keeps saying dollars, but it's obviously pounds. It's in London. Um, yeah, it's a million pound for the winner for each one or something like that. I mean, correct, I'm not maybe getting the details a little bit wrong, but I think a couple of years ago they changed it so women get the same amount. And I just went, that's wrong. Uh, and I know like people don't like saying that, but it's wrong under the criteria of compare. Because I always say sport shouldn't be exempt in that sense of making common sense of compare it to a regular job because it is a job essentially as well as a sport. Look at it in the criteria of what if you did the same job as the same person in your company you worked twice as many hours as them and yet they got the same amount of money the person who's working twice as many hours would complain and go to their boss and say this is unacceptable and i'm being discriminated against what about what about mixed doubles don't tell me they they don't get paid enough (laughs) that would be I mean, I'm, my my silly mind is thinking that would be, that would be horrible, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like the guys get twice as much as the girls. That it's mixed doubles. That would yeah. be terrible. Like, like that's he's just like yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know to answer that. I'm assuming it's the same, you know, which is kind of a very good question because that proves how silly the argument is. Because why in doubles well, is it different? Other getting paid the same. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a good 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 point. Um, but when um, I remember when in the nineties, just briefly going back to football when. Yes. The biggest, I mean, I used to love, I mean, I know we, we both love 90s football, um, you know, memories and all that. But to, what I used to love was, like, waking up in the morning and putting CFAX on and, like, see if there was any, like, football news. And the two biggest shocks I remember getting was mm-hmm. when it said Spurs have signed uh, Jurgen Klinsmann. The first and, time uh, or the second time? Yeah, uh, the first time. Okay, yeah. Um, and probably when Ravinelli signed for Borough. Because <laughs> when he when he came, he also came with like Juninho and and um, it was it Emerson, Emerson the other Brazilian yeah. Oh so yeah. I remember the the newspapers made a big thing that um, and quite rightly in this case that I think Ravinelli demanded like twenty five grand a week when the rest rest of the players were only on like some like ten grand or, or a little less or something. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how the ship was run. Mm-hmm. And I just remember talking to my friends saying. How does that work? How how do you generate teamwork knowing that there's like, you know, two or three players or just one player who's on significantly more cash than you type thing? I mean, to me, it just seems a really hard... Um, I mean, now it's really extortionate, so you probably don't notice the, the difference, I guess, but... But you know when? How do you... That's how would you feel playing in a football team that you want your teammates are getting paid like loads of grand... Three times as much or something, yeah. 
In some cases, three times as much for some people. Yeah, so I, I know what you mean. It's interesting. It's a very difficult. I know one. things like you know the individual's sponsorship money comes into it as well, so they're earning outside of. But that's out of. But that's the player's responsibility, though. Like so that you. you so yeah, you can. That's or the all, agents. That's well. yeah, or the yeah, or the agents. But I'm saying that's the individual player's responsibility of how, you know, what what their price is for sponsorship. Whereas we're comparing. You're comparing. Like players from the same team who are getting paid, paid by one entity in the case, in this case it would be the football club. So it's the football club's responsibility to kind of level out the level out to some degree what what they're paying them. Um, I think that's an interesting an interesting question in the sense it would bother me in the sense of and it would bother me earning more than somebody in that criteria. And I know yeah, there'll be people yeah. who go. I know there'll be people who'd go. Oh, that's ridiculous because if someone got off, if off someone offered you a hundred grand a week to play football and someone who in the team was on ten grand, would you really like go? Oh, yeah, I'm going to give you forty grand of my wages because I'm upset with that I get more. No, of course I understand that, but again. This is the thing that I use as an argument against why people say footballers get too much money. It isn't their fault. And it's, not their fault no. it's not their fault that they get offered that amount of money. It's the fact that companies have gave them that amount of money. And I always make the argument of, like I just said, um, if someone offered you that amount of money to play something you liked or even something you like, okay, I'll just do it for the money. Who the hell would turn that down? Like that's the club, thing that clubs always gonna or clubs always gonna use it as a dangling carrot in front of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, join us, don't join them. We're gonna give you more. Um, Paul but again, very famously, sorry, yeah. joined Spurs ahead of Man United because they gave him a house in London. Oh and yeah, and he's dad, and, and his parents, parents yeah, house yeah and his yeah. parents, yeah. He said that was a big thing because his parent he wanted to be near his parents, so they bought him a house. They bought them a house, and he asked so they can he can visit them. She, she can, they can visit. So, um, but I find it. I would add a like sort of subsection to that to that discussion in the in a football team that sort of makes a lot of sense what you just said. But I was thinking as you were talking about like say say like because the, uh, 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 there's a really good um, example I can say now that talks about your argument and that would be films because take for example i had because i watched an interview recently uh, and it's one of my favorite interviews um i remember once when tarantino admitted on howard stern how much he got paid to be for for, for the film uh, he didn't say roughly what it was but he but he basically said over a certain amount of money now i can't quite remember what it was but it was a lot and Which film uh was it may have been Django? Okay. So the last one, the dawn before this, the last one. Um, so I think he said, right, and I think the budget for Django, I mean, we could even Google this if we wanted to be exact, but I think it might have been, he did say it was the biggest budget he'd ever got for a film. Yeah. So let me see, I'm going to Google it just to, be, uh, just to be accurate. Let's say it was Django Unchained. It might have been the one before. It might have been Inglorious Bastards, so I might be wrong. My, my but, favorite film is that one. Yeah, I do like that film. Uh, I like Django as well, actually. I haven't seen the last one, well, but... Uh, I just love Inglourious, though. It was just yeah. Cool. It was weird, because I watched that going, I don't really think I'm going to watch that. Ne- like, it's, it's it doesn't have a very good re- re- repeat value, that film, but, yeah, I didn't remember watching it going. I really enjoyed that. It was really yeah. well well made, and I liked the, the, I liked the plot. Um, so, apparently, uh, we're obviously just going off Wikipedia, but it does obviously have sources, and I've said Wikipedia is far more accurate than it used to be, yeah. is, um, according, to, according to Wikipedia, Dango Unchained was $100 million budget, right? So, and I think if uh, if you listen to, I think it's just on YouTube, some clips of it, if you want to see, see what I'm referring to. 
he said, I'm pretty certain that he said he gets over 10 million because uh, Howard Stern went, you must get a chunk of that. And he went, yeah, I do. And he went, how much do you get? And he went, uh, 5 million, 7.5 million. He went, more than that. And then it's like 10 million, I think, more than that. So I think he gets over 10 million, right? So say, okay. so say, so let's play devil's advocate and like make some estimations here, right? Say that he gets, let's say, 15 million for his cut of a hundred million budget because all the salaries will be included in that i'm guessing so he'd get 15 million in in that hundred million budget now obviously like to name some people that were in it like samuel jackson leonardo dicaprio you know jamie fox christoph waltz um they're they're all going to be asking for a fair amount of money now he did admit on that thing, which is why films are interesting, that they they never like ask for top rate for doing a Tarantino film because it isn't like a, a blockbuster film. Like it is, it is. I know this may confuse some people if they're not into films uh, and they just maybe just enjoy watching them. But I know enough to know, um, like if you see a blockbuster uh, Avengers film or something, that's like that can be double. The budget I just said it could be like two hundred fifty million now. That's how ridiculous some films are. So they can pay uh, much more to the actors. So, like to give you an example of why Will Smith wasn't in Independence Day because the guy who made it said that. Um, yeah. Which I think is it Joel Schumacher who does. Is it Joel? No, was it not Joel? Um, Zimmerman. Uh, was it Zimmerman who does Independence Day? I can't remember the guy's name. The same guy who did um, Stargate. Okay. Um, he said. Will Will Smith? They refute. They didn't let Will Smith do the second Independence Day because apparently he asked for thirty million, okay. or forty million, or something. Something like so. Basically, his top end of what he would ask for to be in a film. So Tarantino says they don't do that because it's a Tarantino film and they know that they haven't got as big of a budget. So you do it relative to your budget, like most projects. So you say, mm-hmm. I can give you this amount. And so because it's a Tarantino film, they'll probably do it because they're like, okay, I'll do it for this amount of money because it's a Tarantino film and I want to be in it. So. Mm-hmm. So say for argument's sake, right? So say the director took fifteen million. Say Jamie Fox took ten, and then all the supporting characters got like I don't know, say a couple of million each. And it would all be sort of dependent on how many days they were involved in the production and all that kind of thing, right? But my my the interesting thing, the reason I'm saying all this is staying in relation to what um, Ricky just said. I think there's a fair argument to make that the director and the main cast member should get more money than anybody else. Under the criteria of, again, it goes back to, like I said, about time, they would be needed They would be needed on the film far more than anything else. And I always look at the, the thing of, if if the director leaves a project, usually the, the, the project dies. If the main actor is not good or uh, or decides to leave the project the direct the project struggles and that happens in films all the time whereas your analogy your analogy about football is okay ravinelli might not go to middlesbrough and not be as good a team but there'll always be someone to replace him and the team still goes on uh which is why i think that's sort of different in that sense to other things so that's just an interest i just was in thinking that thing and that's such an interesting comparison yeah yeah go for it and obviously, it falls on the anniversary as well because yes. um, we won the World Cup fifty years ago. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be happy <laughs> banging on about it because you know. That's a good, I didn't realize it was fifty years though. So that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I learned from watching a recent documentary was it Alfie's Boys, the one that David Jason um, narrated recently. Probably, yeah. That but sounds when, familiar. When when it came to um, when we won it, and when it came to like 
I don't know how they do it, but you know, when when the FA dished out the the rewards and everything, they, obviously they had in mind that certain players would get more than others. And it was actually Bobby Moore who said, "Yes, I heard this. Yeah, no, um, yeah, we, they pulled I it all together. That, yeah, yeah, we mm-hmm. all we demand that we all get paid the same." And, uh, no, I think what they did wasn't it that they said only the first eleven or the best players or something. I remember, I remember oh, saying that. So, so, so did it get extended the the the, the subs and, and yeah. the Jimmy Jimmy Greaves yeah. obviously did, didn't play in the final. Yeah, but no, basically yeah. they said at the beginning of the tournament, if you guys win it, we'll give yeah. we'll give the something like the start and eleven. It was a while since yeah. I've seen it, but I know I, when you said started saying, it, I'm like, oh, I know this story because I was mm-hmm. telling a friend this not that long ago. Um, mm-hmm. Was. Some, again, I'm hazy on the details because I say I watch so much stuff that's hard for me to be accurate on a lot of things. But, but um, roughly the story was something like because um, I think I saw an interview with I think it was something like maybe George Cohn or something, somebody like that, where he mentioned this, yeah. and he was like they were going to give a bon. I think it was a bonus to the star players for like a specific amount, and then whoever started the eleven in the final got like another bonus, and then right. as you say, Bobby Moore and I think whoever else maybe Bobby Charlton got together as senior players and went told the FA this is unacceptable so can we pool the amount of money all the all the bonuses you think you're going to give us can we pool it all together and divide it by 23 players or whatever divide it by 23 and just give all the players whatever whatever yeah. the share is which is really nice so yeah um because as you that, that I mean if we're going on about comparisons in football obviously the margin of money in that era was far, far different um, than it was now, uh, relatively speaking. So there'd be some people on that team that would have been grateful for that. See, they also made the point in the documentary that what, what the players did afterwards as well was so normal. And, and, and <laughs> where, like, now it's What so did they do? Well, I think... I actually know that. Um, was it Nobby Styles and, and another player, maybe Alan Ball? Yeah. Um, just, like, stopped... On the on the way on the way on the way on the way the way back up to the northwest because I think Nobby played for Man United and was it was Alan Ball at what, Everton? Yes. Well, they, at um, some point I, I think he was. They just then, like yeah. stopped off at motorway services and just like had egg and chips and mushy peas. And stuff. <laughs> um, another player famously went That's went so to good. a furniture store and just bought a sofa <laughs> and and something else just just really normal stuff. <laughs> that's so great like they win the World Cup in 1966 and they turn to each other and go I can pay my rent yay whereas now like you know if if, if England imagine what the England bonus that would be such an interesting thing to know like how much say the players in the last European Championship that just was this summer like how much they would have got individually if England had won Euro 2016 it would probably be more than them players made in their lifetime yeah there was a famous thing, you mentioned Jimmy Greaves, and I'm just saying this because it came up. As I say, forgive us for mentioning some football, we won't obviously talk about it hugely, but it's it's the fun stories though, so it's regardless of football. But uh, Jimmy Greaves said um, something to do, I think it was Zola or something like that when he went to Chelsea, but Jimmy Greaves played for Chelsea for at the end of his career and is a fan of Chelsea in general and he was at a function and he tells this really funny, he just made, made this really good comment slash story of he said, like him and another Chelsea player were talking about um, what they 
what they made during their Chelsea career and he tells the story of when Zola first signed and I think Zola or somebody made a reference to the fact that they felt like they were taking like a cut in finances or they didn't get what they felt they deserved in terms of money and and uh, Jimmy Graves just makes the point of me and my ex-Chelsea player were listening to this as mates just hanging out uh, like a few months ago and we just went you know, I think we just worked out that uh, me and my friend, that he made more money in one year of his football career than mine and my friend did our entire playing careers. And we both turned to each other and went, you know, I feel really, really sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I can imagine because that kind of tells you how different it is. In, in, I mean, obviously, we'd have to talk about the history of obviously the Premier League and the amount of money that's came in since the early 90s that it's uh, well very famously um was it 2006 or 2010 when the fa and they made a serious own goal there upon the pun but when they when they gave when they said to the players if you guys go out there and win the world cup we'll give you a hundred grand is it some what, sort of incentive it was a pair person yeah, i'm assuming yeah. do you remember that <laughs> Probably, I mean, and I, uh, did it get negative publicity? I would, yeah, I would oh, be, yeah. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because it'd go. Do you really need money? Because um, I think I'm right in saying as well is that the don't don't the clubs pay pay some some of the wages for them to go on international duty, so they get like free. England, they get the, the England players are, are essentially there for free. And I don't know. It's it's, it's, it's some weird. Thing because, I mean, if you're if you're involved in a club and you're you've got players who play for international countries, I, I guess it raises your profile. But I guess the managers would have a slightly different opinion because they'd be worried. But the, the, well, I think that's the whole. It's always like a club big country. Well, I it's think just, that's the whole argument as to why they don't like them going to friendlies and stuff. Because technically, like they're paying for the player to be a professional footballer. So it's almost like that hire it, that borrowing these players. So that's why I, I mentioned to you an email that um, I, was, I talked to Danny Baker on Five Live recently. Oh yeah. The week after, he, he interviewed Terry Butcher. Oh and, yeah. And Danny Baker, pre, uh, he said at the end, he says, "I'm quite glad I got through the interview without mentioning your famous bloodied shirt and your famous bloodied headband." Because yeah. you remember that image, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, everyone does. And, and I made the comments. Uh, I, I tweeted that that shirt, his bloodstained shirt and the bloodstained bandage. Should be framed and hung up on every England dressing room of every of every tournament. You literally don't have to say much, but if you could show show the players just what it means to play for England for some players of like you know previous generations, where they're prepared to you know spill blood. I think, I think I mean? the, yeah, I get yeah. I think the last thing I'll say on this because um, that's the thing that most disappointed me. There's a good video of something that of an example of what really disappoints me and kind of tells you all you need to know about sort of team the team camaraderie that 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 happens in the England team now. It's totally different to even maybe even like Beckham and Gerrard's era. Is that when Rooney and a friend was it a friendly? I think when Rooney uh, passed was it Bobby Charlton on in terms of goals Fine. or something, and he passed he like broke the the goal scoring record for England. And he goes into the Wembley dressing room, and yes. uh, and like the media are following him. So there's a camera, and he's walking into the room. And I've never seen. I think like since New Wembley, I don't think I've ever seen a camera in the changing rooms, uh, at least like that. And so they allowed them in, and he basically got like a round of applause. But I'm like a round of applause. <laughs> like the players like had next to no reaction other than like a polite like well done. Whereas if that was a team that cared and really understood what that meant. 
there'd be yeah. like you know treating it like a championship win or something i mean not like you know get the champagne out and bombard him but you'd think like you know they would like jump on him and give him a hug or and like you know be you know congratulate him in a kind of like friendlier manner because like no one what annoyed me is like no one like sort of left the seat they were all like sitting sort of half getting changed and they were just like almost like they were like sort of annoyed by this distraction and just like oh yeah well done and then going back to <laughs> going back to the and i just was like that tells you all you need to know yeah. that i'm not, I mean, real, I'm not really on, like me on uh, rooney's parade because i think I, in his time he he was a decent player yes whether he should be in in the england team now is up for debate but nah, i don't think but so. how many of them goals were in like meaningless friendlies and well, I mean, you could say that about um, you could say that about Lineker. That's kind of Lineker. The criticism for I Lineker. mean, with Bobby Bobby Charlton's record, I mean, a lot of them were in like major tournaments, which actually got England success. Yeah, well, it's a lot harder than Rooney's record in, in in tournaments has been quite poor. Well, it was the same for Lampard. Like that's the criticism of Lampard, even though he did score in some finals, never scored in a major final. Yeah. Uh, so everyone was like, "That's he just didn't play well in the big games," uh, which is interesting. But anyway, I mean, I don't want to talk forever about football because I say we did a whole podcast on it. So if you're, if you're interested in us talking football and debates, go and listen to the Euro 2016 yeah. thing we did. But um, but yeah, God, so yeah, we went on total like tangents as per usual. So I guess what else is there to talk about? So I guess like, so is there anything happened to you, you want to, recently? You, about friend, you want to talk about French, friendships? Should we? Sort of yeah. Well. Well, I was just sort of intrigued because, well, I guess let's talk about something that led me to that because it's a white. That's a that's the wider point. But um, the one thing I guess because I was going to just sort of like catch up because I guess it's been a few weeks since we did the last one. So, um, in terms of the thing that the big difference for me, and then I'll ask you about if there's anything you know you want to talk about it, in, since the three weeks ago, is I've been tr- attempting to sort of you know date again. Um, yeah. Which people have um, people who have listened to this podcast before have known I've on and off been sort of dating. I think the whole time this has been on, really. I think uh, I think I was in a relationship when this started, but not for long. Um, mm. So yeah, I've been single. I th- yeah, that's actually kind of quite depressing. Is I've I've had been on dates since then, but I've been single pretty much the whole time this has been running. Which might explain what that is. Is gigapocalypse the issue? It might be, but no, no. But in all seriousness, like that shouldn't it shouldn't be because I you know I, anyone who. Uh, knows me knows it matters to me so it's not it's clearly not an issue it, it, um but i wanted to talk about it because i find it kind of really interesting and it's kind of based on the reason i wanted to talk about it here was it was based on a discussion i had with a friend of mine i'll not say his name just in case he's embarrassed to talk about it but a good friend of mine who i had a conversation with uh, a few days ago uh, about dating and he uses the the same site i do Mm-hmm. and we were sort of just i just said like offhandedly that i was back on going on it and he made a really he made a reference saying to me that like he's had next to no response since every time he's used it right well saying he's had certain responses but i didn't realize this because i know he'd been using it for a little bit but he's like oh i've not been on any date since i've used it and i was like shocked to hear that because you know i i've probably been on a fair few and i thought like i was doing you know and i'm not trying to make this out that i'm being all like masculine and going oh look at me i've had a like shit ton of dates like i I i'm not like counting them i couldn't tell you off the top of my head but i just mean you know i've had i've done all right i guess is what i'm saying like in terms of getting dates obviously you know but i've never i've never had a relationship come out of it 
So I guess you can look at it that way in terms of a failure. But the reason, but the point, but the the point I'm wanting to bring up because I'm sure there'll be people listening to this who are single who are, or are think maybe thinking about dating, and I'm hoping it helps them in some way. Because I want to kind of say about how how much it's changed since I've used it, and how you know I know people might say I'm the problem, which there might be an element of truth to that in certain aspects. But I think I'm a person who's willing to say what I'm not good at, and I I think the best thing to say, and Ricky, feel free to say what you think but i think i back up the fact that whatever i'm bad at we talk about this in mental health all the time or or not good at or can't deal with we work on we're working on it like we're trying to be better people we're trying to like cope more and i think that's that's a noble stance so that and we're not perfect so this idea and that's part of the problem with the insight so that which is one aspect of it but but um the part the thing i wanted to talk about was so i've used dating sites since university um and you know i did it was actually quite a useful tool to meet new people at university because obviously what your friends from like school go to different parts of the country or or whatever and and, and maybe get jobs even like not even go to university so you kind of like needing to find a new circle of friends Mm -hmm. so i started using it then and i what i find an interesting comparison of is that there used to be a lot of genuine people kind of like in my position in that sense like and what i mean is sort of looking for like i just said looking for a new potential partner maybe looking for a new friendship group or a friendship circle and these sites kind of helped you do that i find now that it's become like the complete opposite um and again i know this this would come across as somebody who's like sort of bitter and saying like you know maybe steven it's the way you behave or whatever but i honestly don't think it is because i think it's a byproduct of the way other people behave and the portrayal of what these sites have become so if i can explain why and i'm interested to know what you think because I, I think i've talked about this with you privately and um mm-hmm. i don't know whether you've used dating sites or not before so i'll say what i think and then you can go from go from there but um but yeah so the the issue i think it is is that one of the beautiful things about when you meet someone new like what whether it and and i'm thinking of like sort of past girlfriends when i say this the reason it develops into such a relationship is because the mist the it's going to sound cliched but the mystery of not knowing everything about them and and that's what's fun as someone who does a podcast i i i absolutely love doing a podcast where i know nothing about them because it's just i i get so excited to go like so where did you grow up what's this i generally want to know like i think that's why i'm a pro i'm an appropriate person for this for this show yeah so um so the problem with dating sites is you put a profile up and one of two things happen either you get criticized for not putting enough in your profile <laughs> or you get criticized for writing an essay about everything you've ever done in your entire life and all the sort of stuff you like which leads to very few obvious questions to ask somebody but then um so i guess what i want what i'm intrigued to ask you and know what not your opinion because that's the, that there's so many other points i want to say in regards to dating but let's start with that is would you do you think it makes like because i guess mental health we could use as a good example of this like because i know i've asked you this but i think i've asked you this privately but it's interesting to debate this on this is that um, I'm trying to think how best to phrase it. Like, would you like be open if you met someone new and they and you thought, oh, there might be an intro-, even if it's just a friend. And I'm not talking like in a sexual sense or anything. Not just that. I'm just saying, if you met someone new, would you like 
feel it's appropriate to sort of be upfront about like your mental health issues or something like that and be sort of honest about that or would you kind of do like this thing of people going like oh you you only reveal something after a certain period of time because i'm never i'm never sure what the right what the right way is i've i've always been just honest because i think that's the best approach but what do you think like what's your experience been i i'm of that mindset where like yourself i'm very upfront and honest about it and to be honest, nowadays, if people were to meet me now, um, I guess my mental health would be one of the first things they'll get to know about because I guess, you know, in a large way, it's it's what I talk about most. It, it, I'm not, I don't mean it to sound like I wear it like a badge and, mm-hmm. uh, you know... It you know, certainly doesn't define you. Yeah, I don't yes. have it like on a t-shirt or anything like Indeed. that. It's... If people get to know me, for example, I guess one of the first things we'd talk about would be yeah, I co-host a radio station with a good friend of mine, and um, and this is the theme that we do. And then, obviously, next question will be, oh, what's the theme? And then, obviously, it's mental health, and how do you get into that? So, inevitably, it's not going to be something you're going to avoid. So, it is part of me. It's part of my character. It's what I talk about now. So, as if I had, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm a I'm a designer as well. So, that inevitably be um, be brought in the conversation. It's not as if I could hide my job. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So you can't can't really hide your your other elements of your character, so mental health is... But, you know, before before my breakdown, I used dating sites. And I would say, yeah, (laughs) success-ish. Sorry, that makes it sound like... I hope this isn't true, but that makes it sound like dating sites push you over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Before I had my breakdown, I used dating sites, and then I just suddenly realised life's worth... That's how it came across. No, no, it's just the fact you said it's the way. It's, no, I, it was the sentence. The way I'm just, I'm being like, I'm being literally silly in that you said. It was just the pragmatic way you said this. The the pragmatic like w- the the way the sentence was structured, and that you just said before <laughs> before I had my breakdown, I used dating sites, which is where my mind went is that you were saying, oh, it was the dating sites that pushed me over. Oh, the, edge. What? The, the, the the lasses I met on there pushed me over the edge. <laughs> is that actually true? Or? Oh. No, I didn't think so. That's why I thought it was okay to joke. Well, I guess then I wasn't talking about it so much, so it it didn't really go into my profile. Um, And and when I met people... Like, I don't mean to be a prick in terms of, like, uh, sort of, like, making you reveal your age, but, like, how long ago was this? Oh, uh, ten... Ten years ago, okay. Twenty-five years. (laughs) Okay, so, because, I mean, that's kind of the comparison I'm I'm trying to make, so that makes sense just for context. Oh, yeah, about late twenties. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, what was um, your first? What was your first like sort of experience then of, of them? Because that's always interesting to ask. Like, because I mean, like, did you have a? I guess what I'm asking is, did you have like an expectation of what it would be like? Not at all. See, I didn't either. Like, yeah. And, you know what? It's um, and I think I've said this be- before as well in private. I mean, dating sites are great. I mean, in the sense that you can get to know a person without you know, it's a a site. You know, I guess. I guess they're no different from matrimonial sites. Yes. They're good icebreakers, so you get to know people without making snap judgments, which sometimes happens in society. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? I, you know what I do miss. I miss. I mean, I think they revealed on QI. Uh, Stephen Fry, I'm saying that some like not long from now, one in one in every two marriages or, or um, relationships will be through meeting online. It, that's just the way it's going. But um. I really miss. And I, and I say this, I remember at college and at school, you know when you really like kind of fancied somebody? <laughs> and but, but, and they, 
I wish we had like the rights to like sort of cheesy music right now. <laughs> you know, like at Howard Stern, like we had Fred just uh, doing the whole. <laughs> and I guess. I guess whether they fancied you back or not is yeah, yeah. Re- relevant. But obviously, if the, if you think if you suspected they did, obviously it meant a lot more. But you know those butterflies you'd get when you'd see oh, them. I know what you mean. I know. What and you mean. it would it would make because I, I you know I didn't really like school, but if I knew that I was going to see that person I liked, it would like put a spring in your step and it made you look forward to going in and and just the the anticipation and. And almost like you knew that they liked you, they liked you, and it was just the yeah, anticipation might, of having the balls to go. Would you like to go out with me? And, and yeah. yeah, you might play in your mind. What what could I do to impress her in a way? Could, yeah. How should I make her laugh? Um, yeah, should I offer, should I offer her to buy? You know, should I, should I get a chocolate or something from the shops or something? <laughs> me, menial as that or anything? You know, um, or I could maybe swap on my favorite Pokemon card and. <laughs> yeah, and I guess when it's maybe in the geeky put the geeky geeky sense in it. Yeah. But, um, you would say something. You would deliberately talk about things like music. So, and if you found common ground, you could probably lead to a question. Well, do you fancy coming to the gig or something like that? These yeah. kind of cheesy ways of getting around it. Well, I guess though you're ser- there's two. Ser- but I know we're just kind of joking around a bit here. But like the 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 serious sort of um, context, like sort of, I guess the implication you're saying there, um, is quite an important one in the. The, the the reason I think people use dating sites, and, I, and I'm I'm speaking as myself here as well, is and it says on my dating profile is that um, I use dating sites because I'm aware because I'm a very aware person. I guess it's like mindfulness that I talked about on the last episode with Laura is that being aware of of your of, of your situation and your surroundings and stuff like that and. I'm aware of in my life that I see the same people over and over again. Mm-hmm. So the chances of me meeting a new person and my chances of meeting yeah. a new person that is compatible to be a partner of mine in that sense, mm-hmm. in a, I'm talking in a romantic sense, obviously, is like neg- negligible. <laughs> it, because <laughs> so because I and it, that's partly my responsibility. So that's why I think people try and look at it pra- practically and go and. I go to the same places, I see roughly the same people, and as you said with the, the, the statistic you said, which might have been on QI, is I'm aware of like how little I'm... Like, talking to a new person in, in a stranger capacity now is like not allowed, which I find very sad. Like I miss, like when I go to like get a bus, I use public transport because I don't drive, and I miss the bit of where you used to just chat to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really do that now. Like I, I think you can do it on a train a little bit because it's a long trip, longer trip. The last trip I had coming back to Newcastle, I talked to someone who was very nice and was interested in what I did and stuff. And um, and uh, she was just like a mother. I think she was just a a, a mom who was coming back from coming back to meet a meet a daughter who was at uni here. Mm-hmm. And um, I just happened to be ne- next to her and I talked about Maybe the entire thing. Quick point about trains because what my degree project at university um, I was inspired by as you say these sort of conversations you have on trains which you re- you, you wouldn't really get in any other walk no. of life. I mean um, I say that majority I thing I take is metros design. and buses. Sorry? Yeah, I did a book design on it and Oh that's cool. I even like um, you know I was a bit naughty in a sense. So what were you trying so what were you trying were you trying to prove was it like kind of like trying to prove in an evidence sense that trains by I was going to say definition but you know what I mean by 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 a, the way that the travelling is that it's more likely someone will sit and have a random conversation than anywhere else Is that was that the premise 
the, the BBC did a good um, recent series on um, trains and what it means to people. I mean, they even they were asking questions like, why why is it that a lot of poets seem to enjoy train travel? And the poet Ian Macmillan uh, said, which I agreed with, is like the motion of a train is very much like poetry. It's like you know poetry in motion, and it's a, it's an experience that you can enjoy either on your own, but even better with other people, which is why it makes it... It's probably why it makes it more acceptable that you can talk to a stranger on a train. Well, also, I mean, if you if you want to be sort of... if I, if, I mean, this seems an obvious thing to say, but if, if you say it and in in look at it in a practical sense as well, one of the things I'm aware, again, being aware of, and I use multiple different public transport, is yeah. it's also the, the beauty of train is it's predominantly in a straight line. So the, the the advantage of that is you can actually get up and get move around, and it's not like an unpleasant thing. To mm-hmm. to whereas the problem with buses is whenever I see people on buses, that they're always aware of like making sure they don't fall over when they get off the bus or something, because no no one ever seems to wait for it to just stop to get off, mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable and like it it, it you know you're you're twisting and turning based on where the road's going and all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah. it's like an um, I find it like a, a not a great a, a experience in that sense. I think everyone's more aware I of that. I just mentioned because what I the funny thing about bus journeys. <laughs> I mean, I'm like yourself. I use public transport a lot, but I find it quite. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm quite a private person. But as you say, if if there's somebody sitting next to you is interesting, you, you could spark up a conversation. But the weird thing about buses is, is like you ever notice when when like a, a mother comes goes on with it with her kids, and particularly when they're quite rowdy kids and the kids want to sit at the back of the bus uh, despite the mother saying you can't but they'll sit at the back of the bus anyway but mom and then, and then you're suddenly caught right because you might be you might be sat in the middle of the bus yes i tend to sit near the back but not right at the back sometimes but mm-hmm. you'll then be immersed in this cross conversation between the mother and the children so that you'll be saying so what do you want for tea tonight and they'll be shouting across their answer and then suddenly you're immersed in their conversation, which you'd think, you know, you'd rather really have quite privately. It's just one of I sometimes I'm... like, I have to admit, if I'm being like sort of uh, admitting things, is that I, I really like, sometimes really like overhearing conversations you shouldn't, because yeah. like they're quite interesting, because you're like, it's like that game, I always say... There's dropping you can do on a bus. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, and also... Like, if people answer their phones and you hear people having conversations, I get really fascinated to go, like, I have no idea what this is about, but it sounds interesting. But, um... Well, you see, that's what I did on trains for this book design. I... When I mentioned I was a bit naughty, because what I did, I put... I used to put a dictaphone in my pocket. Oh, <laughs> right, just I, here. I would sneak a, I would sneak a video, a video well, I guess camera you're not broadcasting it anyway. That's should be folder, yeah. Well, I guess you're not broadcasting it anyway, but it is... I guess that is still technically naughty in the sense you should yeah. ask permission, but... Yeah. Because yeah. there's sort of like a spy or something. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm going to eavesdrop this meeting. Uh, this, uh, <laughs> what, you're going to use looking at weapons? <laughs> so, um, um, but, so but then we, we do that anyway, don't we? Because like, if we're on a bus and we hear say something funny, we'd probably tweet it out. You, we'd probably say, oh, this guy on a bus said this. Yeah. So, well, I we mentioned this. Anyway. Did I mention this on the last monthly sound? I might have done, but... Um, I, I said this to a friend of mine because I was asking, like, what would you do? That was kind of the the, the 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 I think I might have been with Laura on the last episode of this because um, it happened on the way to Broadacre. In the I was on a bus, right, and I, I'll ask you directly what you would have done because I really like I felt like obligated to do something. I guess because it's I, I I I like to think I'm compassionate. Well, I don't like to. I think I am, but I mean I think this was a compassionate feeling, is what I mean. In the 
I got on a bus going to Broadacre, uh, which for those know that we sometimes do podcasts there and we were uh, working there, Ricky and I, and uh, so the last podcast with Laura, which you would have heard, um, was, was out yeah, there, yeah, was on there. mentioned the workshops as well, they were, they were quite Yes. And so I was going to Broadacre for whatever reason, I think it was with Laura, uh, and um, I, again, because I'm, I'm so like unwilling to think that anyone's going to start up a conversation that I just have my headphones and listen to music on my phone or a podcast because it's like my podcast time um, and uh, like other oh, podcasts I don't listen to mine that sounds like really egotistical yeah I just listen to Geek Boggles podcast all the time and like listen to myself um, I meant like you know Nerdist and, but I've been catching up with Nerdist and a few other in uh, like uh, First Take on ESPN because that's changed and stuff so yeah I, I listen to podcasts like when I'm travelling um, and I just became aware of, because even when you, I'm listening to stuff like that, I still like looking around, like you said about on travel, like I like looking around even on buses, and I just noticed there was a girl with a pram, uh, uh, like obviously with a with a kid in a pram in front of her, and she just, um, I, I was aware that she was making a noise, and I, I like, so that's kind of what I first like noticed her, and she was like tearing, tearing up, and she, she was clearly like in distress. Uh, sort of like the mo- the mother was yeah like crying like like crying in the sense of she seemed like she'd and she kept like looking at her phone and something so I kind of like had my theory was that she might have got like a text message that was like not something she wanted to to hear or read yeah. um and she just sort of like struggled to not burst into tears in front of everybody and I I like I guess like and I know there'd be I'm I'm willing to take any criticism if people think I'm a pansy or something for thinking that but I just like had this sort of urge of just going like it's it's going to be all right like whatever it was and I didn't know us so I felt like it was inappropriate but I just was like I I really just like I don't know like wanted to hug her give her a hug or or um or just like I'm um, you know if it's a guy he's a dick or you know like <laughs> like I don't know just something because I just really got uncomfortable at the idea of the, 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 everyone else's social responsibility in that sense on that bus was to just blatantly ignore her. Yeah. And I just didn't like her. I, I, that, that feeling didn't sit well with me because my instinct was to like, but then I was like, what if I go up to her and like reinforce that she's got a problem and then she, it, it makes her feel worse? Like, you know, so, you know, you always got to like question what your decision you do. But like, what were you, like, would, because I, I, I know like, 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 like I say, I'm not going to criticize you if you say, well, I don't think I could have done anything, so I wouldn't have done anything. But what, what, what would your reaction would have been? Like would you would have, would it, would you maybe have had my reaction of being uncomfortable and feel like you should do something? So did well I, I, before I answer did you, did you feel he- hesitant to? Is that I why didn't I, I didn't end up doing anything because I was just like because that's what I came to the conclusion of I was like I would like to do this and if I knew I obviously would but it was just like what if I go up to her and just said you know I know you I don't know you and you you're 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 like I can see that you're crying but I just like wanted to like say like it's it's okay and. Um, I'm I'm sorry you're well, crying, but I was like, what can you say? What can you say? Because it might come across as patronising as well. If I go, it's okay or whatever it is, and she might go, oh well, my entire family's just died or something. And I'd just be like, well, I guess I would have just. Um, it's a. Pe- I mean, again, it, this is a really stupid thing to say. Also, but. I guess the context I forgot to say just before we carry on. I was also at the back of the bus, and she was like relatively to the front, so well, that's that was my. What was the proximity like? Yes, because that was, that was the main problem. If she was one seat away from me, yeah, and like opposite me, I might have even like went up next to her and just said, you know, I noticed you're crying, and I just wanted to like say, are you all right? Like, whereas if I had got up and I was like not getting off at the stop, and I went and sat next to her, it would be obvious what I was doing, and then so that would have like led to the other bus people on the bus like 
watching me and overhearing the conversation. So that's why I never did anything. But I just felt really bad. I honestly just felt really bad for her because I hate seeing people cry. Like, I hate it. In the sense that I don't hate it as in, like, you know, crying is crying is good for people. Like, it, it is good. It's good to cry. Uh, not all definitely, of... definitely weren't tears of joy. You could definitely tell. Yeah, it just felt like she seemed her. very... Yeah, it wasn't... No, it wasn't tears of joy. I would have... I, I think that was obvious, yeah. So, so yeah, I don't know. I just... Uh, I've asked a few people I know that, and they were like, oh, like, you know, it's not really... What can you do? And you don't know her, so... But it's like, it just kind of proves the thing about compassion. It didn't meant, though, that I didn't, like, feel for her, and I wanted to do something. Um... Well, again, I but I'm just being honest, and that's how I felt at the time. But um, so just an interesting, an, an interesting example. But um, but yeah, so so yeah, we, we that 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 was just we went on about public transport there, and that was just. But yeah, we were talking about sort of how to meet people because we were on about dating. So um, so yeah, I, I, but there, there's an example though. That's that's kind of how we got onto this. Is that you know I'm not I'm not saying that you would meet someone and kind of go like you know I guess like the whole Hollywood film of like oh I've just found the woman of my dreams and she was on the bus as I was going to work or something because that seems less likely. See, that, but that's what I, that's what I hate about um, these chick um, <coughs> flick type films, these romantic ones, because yeah. they're often like those scenarios where they bump into each other. Um, you know, at a bus stop or on the train or on a plane <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, and that clearly doesn't happen as often as I witness it. No, no, me nonsense. Kind of like an old. Also, a really good point. They mentioned this on Nerdist, which so I'm not like I'm just I'm just going to reiterate what they said because they were right. And Matt Matt Myra made a really good point of Hollywood films in terms of romantic comedies for guys. Their basic premise for what guys should do is basically stalk the woman to death until she changes her mind. <laughs> like, and he's quite right. If you watch any of the major sort of films, like, isn't that um, when Harry met Sally is a good example of that, where he basically just doesn't take no for an answer. And he's, I think so. And, it's been and also, like, there's a. Yeah. I actually have this in my di- in my collection. Okay, I'm gonna admit something. Like, I probably well, I do like the film. Fuck it, I'm gonna. T- I, I'm I'm gonna say it. Um, I really like the film, even though, like, again, this is a similar example. I like Along Came Polly. Have you ever seen that film? With um, Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston. Now, I like that film because what I like about it is, it usually it's like a really, a guy she should, usually like Hollywood, like you say, Hollywood romantic films are like, the person, it's, it's like, she doesn't see how good the person really is, as you as one of it. Or it's a born idol guy who the woman eventually decides to be with regardless. It's like them two scenarios where along K Polly's kinda of like a little bit of both in that he is kinda of like got quite nice a quite nice it Ben Stiller's character's got a quite a nice like outlook on life. He just is a bit um like he has a, he has clearly like an O C D issue and he's just got like certain problems with like and also he's he's in the whole story is that he um broken up with his wife and mm. he's trying to like sort of get back into the dating scene so he doesn't know what it's like. So th- that's kinda what annoys me about certain attitudes about the way people are, is that if you like fuck up something, it's not that you're an idiot. It's not that you don't know how to do something. It's just you're out of touch. You're you're like out of practice, or you're just not you're not used to the situation anymore. It's like if someone, if I like went out with some like because I understand that if someone went out if you went out with someone for ten years and suddenly went back to to dating someone to try like in the dating scene, you would have no you would feel really uncomfortable and you'd feel like unsure about how to handle it. Um, whereas and there'd be some people who would criticize you for that and go why are you why are you acting like an idiot and not get not. Uh, 
acting appropriately and it's just like that's circumstance rather than you're, you're not you're an idiot and you're you're just not worth caring about or whatever and i just like along came polly for that because there's a lot of examples of that um and yeah it is in my dvd collection i will admit it um also in the fact that it does have a ferret in it which as you know i'm i i my 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 idea of a pet oh, is i want to get a ferret so yeah it does have a ferret in it which is kind of cool uh but yeah so so I mean, do you so you, do you go along with the premise then, retrospectively? Like, because we mentioned like when we first started dating sites, then do you think it's a fair thing to say that it's just hard to find someone in a regular meet someone in a regular setting? And I'm not even just I might not even be referring to romantic sense, just in general, find meeting new people is like really hard now. Do you agree with that? Do you know what would be an interesting stuff find is that a start because yeah. of the point I mentioned it. The, the the point I mentioned earlier about um, you know really finding more about a person mm-hmm. rather than being you know sort of meeting them at face value and finding out there yes but I mean yeah I guess you you find out whether you're compatible anyway but uh-huh. I mean don't we for example have the highest divorce rate in Europe apparently is that true do you know <sighs> I wouldn't I mean, be surpri- I, I wouldn't be surprised it's irrelevant it's irrelevant about about country wise at us not really no. It's like what but we were saying earlier it, about being pro-British. It's like it just happens to be a fact. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't really but think it, it's like... It, it, it might be cultural, it, well. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's irrelevant. Is, is that because we're, we're meeting more and more of, you know, spouses online and we get to know them yes. more that way, mm-hmm. do we... Are we finding more and more compatible partners there for, for example, do, do divorce rates or fallout from relationships like... Uh, go down that way are we finding more long-term compatible people that way because we're getting to know them better or in a different good question see the point i'm making there yeah no i know what you mean like um where like maybe instead of people going out with yeah that's 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 actually a really good point is that that might be true that i see what you're saying so you're basically saying the in the older sense, like when we maybe we were growing up, or even younger, or even earlier than that, people would go out with people because that was the only way to get to know somebody, and yeah. so that you may end up being with someone that you're not really a hundred percent compatible with. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, with the fact that you've got more information about people and you can take your time on the internet and maybe just speak to them on the phone or yeah. over the internet before you decide to meet them, that you can be more picky with who you end up going for. Certainly, a fair now, argument. Now you have these dating sites where they'll, they'll take no shit. Like it'll be, you know, like elite singles and that. If you're not, uh, they have to be of a certain reputable. What well, uh, you like a reputation? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just like you have to, you have to be earning a certain amount. You have to you really. Know, yeah, oh, that I depresses mean, me. If that's true. That probably is true because I know you said to me in the past that it was like dating site. You even said to me, obviously because I have a podcast with geek in the title. That you were saying there's a site for geeks or something, or, or what, what was it? There was a site. It was actually for mental health. Um, oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was right. Yeah, I think it was something in relation to what we did. Yeah, that well, you said. I, I, I don't. I don't remember the. I think there's a few now. Um, but what I was angry about was the tagline on the end of it because it said something really kind of crassy in the sense that was it wasn't it uh, something like uh, even mental health people can date too or something it, it was something very patronising yeah but it went further to the extent where <laughs> where real uh, where real people too I hate when people use that as a tagline in mental health where real this, people this too this one involved this one involved money where to, to the extent where um, 
you might have mental health issues, so therefore we're, you're, we're assuming that you might not be of wealth, but you're still entitled to love. So <laughs> you might find somebody who feels the same way, who probably earns or has as much money or less or whatever, so don't I'm, feel that you're being put out. I'm but laughing that that's so patronising. That is so patronising. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it's almost like what's the next stage you're gonna get? They're gonna get like now. Here's the tips. Like if you uh, here's how you here is how you write a sentence. Uh, you write a sentence about this. <laughs> when you take a photograph, you do it this way. Um, I like fucking hell, man. But I mean, the, you, what Ricky's just referring to is not that that's kind of what i was leading to in my problems with dating sites like i actually have done a video blog on this on our youtube channel if people want to have a look of me sort of doing a more sort of comedy version of what we're talking about now uh in terms of just the, the silliness of, of dating and my, that's really the fundamental problem is that i know girl mates who use dating sites where it has a bunch of things that you should say. Like, so it almost generalizes everybody. It encourages you to have general responses and general profiles. So, like, you lose your, like, individuality, which, like, is a massive, massive problem, which is why, like I said earlier, the problem with profiles is you can either write too much in your profile or write too little. And, like I said, this mysterious, like, you said it really well about the school thing. People might kind of like laugh at the the comparison and go, "Well, at school, it's not the same as as life when you get into the adult world." But that that feeling and that like meeting someone in a bar and like, "Oh, she's but nice," that, and that, that could still happen in the workplace. Though, if, if I had a job where, um, you know, we had a diverse range of staff and there was somebody there you liked, I, I would still get that kind of feeling. That that yeah, I can't wait to go, even if I hated work. <laughs> but but if I knew that I could, I would yeah, be yeah. seeing that person now. You know. In, in, in a neighbouring office or whatever. Well, uh, I don't mean to be like sort of... Well, I, I, I guess I am by saying this, but apparently, like, you know, that's sort of the reason why people sort of sleep in retail jobs because retail jobs in general are, like, really shit. And but the, the fact that, like, you may end up getting a date out of it is quite well. Like, my friend... few of my friends who, like, grew, did retail growing up are, like, going, I wish, like, I could still do that retail job if I didn't hate it so much because, you know, there would be, but, the, like, similar age people. Like, that's the beauty of retail when you're, like, post uni if you like do a part time job there you're all roughly about the same age so you, there's that aspect to it um, you said about office jobs you know it's just like even if because the environment can be so like energy zapping and you know it, yeah. it really takes away your concentration there. Yeah. Even, even if there was somebody in the office who you didn't fancy you'd still like look at them and think hmm what if maybe <laughs> <laughs> well that's what the joke is like because I was going to say in in defense of you, because you, you're you're right in your premise of that happens in a workplace, but I think the biggest difference, because in, if we're comparing it from like when we first used dating sites to now, is there's a lot more jobs that are individual jobs that you don't like. And again, this is the this is the internet. Like, I mean, look at what I do for a living. Like, you know, if if I regard this as what I do for a living, it's like we do a show and we we i do a show in my own house or in a public in a public place in a room with one other person and so and then everything i do like for example with the website which graham does or whatever if i need some help in another sense it's all an email relationship i mean obviously i'm lucky in the sense of my website it happens to be a really good friend of mine i see him personally but my point's still valid that a lot of stuff now can be done cheaper by talking over the internet, whereas, you know, office work 
is less and less meaningful than it used to be. Um, and and also and like, and I guess it goes back to like our thing about you know inequality is that I've talked to people and you can answer this because you do graphic design. I don't know what because actually we can talk about that because I don't actually know what your situation is like because I in the sense of do you work on your own or do you go into an office or something because I don't actually know that. Um, and but they always talk about how much of a sausage factory <laughs> like graphic design is for the most part. Like it's very rare that a woman works there, and if they do, it's not in the main team. It's like I guess the stereotypical sexist thing of their secretaries or answer the phones or something. Which again, I think is a little bit ridiculous. But it, but it's just you know, it's not it's my fault. It's just a fact. Well it's worth mentioning as well that before before dating sites and you know online online liaisons and relationships and whatever that the workplace was was still and it's still quite high is mm-hmm. where you'd meet your, your your future partner would be in the workplace because that's where yeah i guess after school after college it's it's the next big sort of team environment which you find yeah yourself i in. think i saw a survey where they said like you know they did surveys about sort of successful couples who got married or something in a given year and they said where did you originally meet them and i guess it as you say it's probably changed now that people might say dating sites as an as a as a as an actual thing but to your point i think the majority like a, an overwhelming majority said that they met at a workplace or at a wedding or like at a mutual event and that's kind of the the issue is that that's why I, I mean, as I said, I go back to what I said earlier. I think a lot of people use dating sites, and me included, because they're aware of these mutual events and whatnot happen just far, far less. Because and 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 I'm aware of how little of them things I go to. The one like public area, obviously I go to public areas and public places. But if I go to like say a pub, I'm not like going there with the agenda of oh, I'm going to meet a really nice girl and maybe I'll get on with them because I just feel like that doesn't happen anymore. It's like it's just not protocol like it's um uh, well yeah. i'll go back on the point because yeah. after 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 when i subsequently did have the breakdown i've yes. become more of an introvert so yeah i don't really I, I don't really see myself because i i guess my sort of self-esteem and whatever isn't as high as it used to be mm-hmm. i don't kind of see myself as uh, dating material so i, I took myself off Either I took myself off, the, off these sites or, you know, after a while, I guess these profiles either become obsolete or deleted. But I've never really kind of put myself out there as, 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 uh, you know, being on the shelf and, and available kind of thing. It's sort of, um. I think we should, I think that, let's talk about that because I, I have a, because I, I would say, is it fair to say I'll ask you this directly like do you do you go through because this, this happens to me that I kind of go through cycles in that sense. What I mean is that, I'll have cycles of where I'm like, oh, I'll try dating because I mean I feel like I'm in a decent place, and as of right now of this recording, I I do feel like I'm in a relatively good frame of mind, and I feel like I could be in a relationship and handle it and everything else. And mm-hmm. um, that might be different in another in a month's time. I might be talking on a podcast going, I'm not feeling that way, um, which I guess is part of the problem. But but uh, but I kind of look at it as at least I'm trying, like, that's kind of my sort of, my my look at it, and so I guess I'm asking you, like, when you took that off, that makes sense, because you said you were in a difficult, difficult place, and you probably, because it's probably an element of, correct me if I'm wrong, that you were just like, I don't think I can handle even, like, attempting to be with someone else right now, I need to, like, fix me, and I need to be yeah. looking at, I need to look after me. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I guess just to just to reiterate, like, I go through these, that, like, a cycle, not not, not to that extent, obviously in the example you gave but i just mean 
uh, I kind of look, I kind of like don't go on these sites for a decent period of time and then go back on them when I feel like I'm able to. So I'm just, I guess it's just sort of being aware of when you should and shouldn't use them. And like, because I'm sure this may seem obvious for me to say to Ricky, but uh, it is quite, it can be harmful to your mental health as well because you might feel that you're, you're not worthy because no one's answering your messages or anything like that. You kind of got to have a very... You kind of gotta have a very. No, I'm not. I know that sounds very depressing. Like I, I swear. Like just to clarify, like you know, that doesn't happen to me too often. But if it does, I mean, because that's just the that's that's the risk you take. Uh, or you might end up it not working out, or you might go on a date and it never goes anywhere. You have you. That's unfortunately the the, the part of the deal. That's the risk you take. Um, so you have to have the attitude of you know at least I'm trying and I'm going to go for it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. That's part of the problem. That's part of the the deal. Um. So yeah, to some people that might be daunting. Um, like I'd say when I when I kind of um, when I was coming off the breakdown and I was like gradually yes. kind of starting functioning again as as a human being. Um, when I started eventually going out and going back to work, I was still of the mindset where you know a relationship is just not tolerable. I mean, I was I just had such a low opinion of myself still that. Yeah, that who would have, who the hell would find any of this attractive? You know that kind yeah. of thing. Even the way I was thinking, the way I was talking. Um, but I guess where where I'm at now is is that you know I'm back at work. Um, I mean I'm, I'm nowhere near myself as I used to be. As if you if you knew me back in 2005 and and yeah, I think that was the time I meant I said where I was on these sort of sites. I, yes. I was I would say I was not completely different, but a different person. Certainly a lot more. There was a lot more buzz about me, but um, now I, now I'm in a different place. But I'm obviously doing a lot of positive things. You know, I'm 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 doing this podcast with you. I'm I'm back at work. Back at work, I'm course uh, a radio show with you, and um, mm-hmm. and I do one or two other bits of stuff. So it's not as if I'm I'm still an introvert, but it's not it's not as if I'm deliberately like kind of hiding away in a cave somewhere or anything like that. But it's I guess what it where it has now, and and there has been one or two liaisons where I've had people kind of suggest to me that they, they, they kind of like me and want to get to know me better, and um, I, I did I was interested, but for whatever reason it never really happened. But if there's I, I guess I'd say that I'm on a bit of a journey where you know you you made the point about fixing oneself. I guess I'm kind of doing that in a way. Um, However long that may be, I don't know. I guess you could say it could be, it could be infinite. It could be. It's definitely not going to be like short term. Well, because I'd say like you know, I if mean, there was you... anyone who came into my life who I thought was really special and and kind of got got to my way, my way of thinking. Mhm. I missed. I think I missed the end of that. You said if someone got, you said if something got, someone got to you your way of thinking. I don't know whether or not we had a spike in the Skype call there, but yeah, I don't. I didn't get the. I didn't think I heard the end of your sentence. All right. Okay. You, 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 um, what you just said, you just basically said, it, um, you you said it very eloquently about your your situation, and then and then you said, but if someone came along who had your way of thinking, and then that 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 it kind of like cut off there. So I don't know what you said. Either my either my way of thinking, who kind of got where I was and was prepared to share my journey, and if they were on the journey themselves, I could share it with them. All right. Okay. So it, we had sort of the, that would at least be one thing we had in common. Well, I think if 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 there is uh, that you you it leads me to something I think that makes a lot of sense. 
in terms of the criticism of using these in the first place, like using these sites, like what you just touched on, is I think there's a fair argument against it in that um, that's kind of the issue of the best relationships happen by chance, yeah. whereas the difference, the difference, the the problem with dating sites is you kind of forcing the issue. To a certain the extent, more you, the more input you put in, the more thinking you put into it. Yeah, and the more unsure yeah. you might be. Like, and this leads me to my other problem with dating sites. So it's a ni- nice transition because, well, I, and I, when I say my problem, I like. I think I am speaking for quite a lot of people who use them, uh, who are genuine, who are not using them for ul- ulterior motives. Because that's one of the other issues that support like. There's so many profiles I see now where it's just women going, I you know, I don't wanna see a dick picture, I don't wanna I don't wanna um you know, screw you, I don't wanna uh you know, if you and in in this like that they're like defensive from the first sentence and that concerns me because I have no idea what they're being sent, but that's clearly like not a good sign. And I, I swear to you, you know, I, I don't feel like I need to say this, but I'm not one of them people that's sending dick pictures or anything. I'm very genuine. Um, you know, that's, <laughs> I, I at least wait a few weeks before that. Uh, <laughs> what, what so I knew, mind? like, I knew Ricky was laughing there because he, he knows me so well. And I was clearly building the joke up there, but um, but no, in all seriousness, like, no, I'm not like that at all. Um, and I'm not someone that sleeps around. I, I, you know, I don't. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm losing my masculine identity by saying that. I, I'm not someone that does. It's not my thing. Um. So, and I'm, and that's not a criticism of anyone else that does. By the way, that's just what I'm. That's just my view. Um. So yeah. Um. That that comes across a lot now. Uh, and the other the other issue is, is that. Because it's kind of like what we were just touching on and there's this like sort of, as you said, people become more picky, but to the point of it forces you by the way that it is that you're prejudgmental um, in the sense of that you kind of like don't give people as much of a chance. And so, which is an interesting, you know, comparison because if you met someone at a pub and you just like aesthetically liked them and then got to talk to them a little bit and went they're nice and swapped their numbers you would leave that night probably most likely with this feeling of like excitement and like oh my god i want to know more about them and they had this right mysterious nature to them and i'd like to get to know them more the problem is with dating sites you've already got to that stage and more because you know what they do for a job what they want to do as a career where they've traveled where they've been uh whether they've got pets do they want children you know whereas i i I know some relationships to kind of compare the two and i you know feel free to jump in but i i've heard relationships that have basically and i know people can make the argument of then don't have that relationship because you need to know that from the beginning but i know really great relationships that went a really really long time and then about 15 years into the into the relationship one of them reveals they don't want children and they break up because it's a deal breaker now, a dating site, you'd find that out in the first week, first yeah. first profile view. That's so, why it'd be interesting to find some stats as to yeah. compare, getting to know all the details firsthand compare, as, 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 as opposed to finding that kind of stuff later on and enjoying enjoying the the fruition of just meeting someone you like and then, yeah. then all the stuff reveals itself later on. But um, going back to profiles, though, right? Yes. What what's different? I mean, I'm not. It'd be interesting if I was to fill in a profile what I'd put on, but I think I pretty much know. But then again, 
what I mean, we're both on social media, for example, right? Yes. What's the difference between what we put on profiles on there to to what profiles are on, on the dating sites? I mean, I would I would, I would surmise there's probably not a lot of difference because it's yeah, a fair, if you fair point. My, if you were to read my Twitter or Facebook profile, it wouldn't be much different if I was to. Yeah, you might put in something like what your ideal partner would be so you'd put various details in. Yeah, yeah. but if you're, if you're like me you probably wouldn't be all that fussy um, make your own <laughs> make your own judgments well, I used to make it uh, I have to say this joke now that you've you've preempted it is it's a bit like um, you know because I thought you were going to ask me before because when you said you, it seemed like you were interested in like what are the choices because you were basically comparing it to social media and I think the real, obviously the, the the obvious difference is that dating sites ask you specific things in relation to dating, whereas social media, you can ask, you know, obviously mention a variety of things. And I, you know, and obviously with Twitter, if pe- people who are on it will know this, is that there's a limit to what you can say, um, and you might retweet what someone else says, and so it's not all about you. Whereas your profile, but sometimes on, sometimes the briefest profile can be the most intriguing. Sometimes, and and that's <laughs> well, that's in, 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 that's an interesting debate in itself, yeah. Because I would ag- I would agree with that to a certain extent, um, but yeah, yeah go on. It's like, isn't it one of the one of the um, one of the best things about Twitter in regards to his popularity is 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 how brief he can be. I mean, imagine if it yeah, was like, I like it for that yeah. If it was like a forum where you just wrote and wrote loads and loads of essays, and you know how how boring would that be? Which Facebook? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, one of Twitter's appeal. I mean, we both agree that we we prefer Twitter over Facebook, don't we? Yes. But um, one of its appeal is that you could be, you can try and make a sound point by being as brief as possible, so you don't have to wade through gallons amounts of texts and, and images to, to get there. As someone who is as, as someone who has a very act a very overactive brain and I I'm aware sometimes this can happen where it takes me a while to reach the point I'm trying to get to. The beautiful thing about Twitter if I'm putting out a tweet is it forces you to kind of change what your yeah. word you're using to like yeah. make more sense. And it yeah. and I, I there was an argument when it first came out which I totally agree with as a regular user of it is that it actually like increases like your vocabulary and the way you phrase things yeah. and stuff like that yeah. because you might you so because I all the time write out a tweet I want to say and then come and then change it to go I can just get rid of them three words and just change it yeah. to have that one word and it it has the same impact um it's fascinating in that sense so I totally agree with you in regards to dating sites in terms of like the basic amount and everything like that that's another thing that comes up in dating sites all the time that I find silly like for example uh, there'll be there'll be girls on it who'll say obviously I'm comparing girls it'd be interesting to get a girl on here I might try and see if I can do that find a girl who admits like I, obviously a, a girl who a, a guest on the podcast who I might just say by any chance if you use the dating site like what's your view and then see if we can get a, another I guess my journalistic nature is coming through and seeing what a girl thinks about dating sites would be interesting. Just somebody. Um, if you if you buy Izzy Sooty, I don't know if you know, do you know the stand-up comedian Izzy Sooty. She she was recently wrote a book about the dating scene. That's interesting. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, that would be interesting to know because, as I say, I am as I've said, I have referenced when I've talked to some of my girlmates about it, and it's just as difficult for girls. But that's kind of why I'm that's kind of why I'm 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 mentioning the the problem in that. Ho- hopefully, we can. The genuine people who use dating sites, like I've done over the over the period of time, and I'm not someone that's used it all the time. Like I had a period of time when I was going out with people, 
a fair bit and I never I never used them for a while um, and again that's not of criticism of dating sites at all I'm just saying that's just the fact of my life but um but yeah, the issue is I see I see certain profiles now that go don't just say how's you as a reply, and I'm like and and yet I can tell you and I'm not joking when I say this the I have had girls message me and they ninety nine percent of the messages I get are hi how's you, and yeah. I just find that very <laughs> hypocritical that there's a lot of women on there who think hi how's you is in a pro because i guess it leads me to kind of like the joe rogan uh, there's a joe rogan um 10 minute routine that i like where he basically makes the very valid point of there's a double standard in terms of the way we deal with relationships with men and women and there's still this sort of standard of women who think like i see profiles as well that go oh it's a, it's a tradi- i believe in the tradition of that a man should ask a woman out now i i that's another thing we can talk about in the sense of, you know, I think if equality makes any sense, which it does, and I think we should all want that, why should it be, though? I don't like this idea of the equality of, oh, yeah, we believe in equality, but we'll pick and choose what stereotype we want to keep. Like, <laughs> So we'll keep that the guy has to ask the girl out. We'll keep this. Stuff that has an advantage to one particular agenda. Like, so a, a, a man might say, oh yeah, I believe in equality and they can get, you know, equal rights in terms of votes or whatever, but they can't make the same amount of money as us. It doesn't yeah. work as a premise if we're going to pick and choose what we can and can't make equal. It should be the whole thing. Um, so, and I know there's like, I've, I've had arguments with, 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 uh, friends of mine who go, but, you know, that's not, that's not the same thing. And I went, it is in principle. You, you can't just, you can't just to say, oh, but no, a guy should ask a girl out first. Like, why? Why? If a girl likes a guy, and a guy doesn't know, and a guy doesn't ask out of, out of, out of nervousness or whatever, then why the hell shouldn't a girl go, I really like you, would I like, would you like to go out? And what, does that make them less of a person to do that? Like, I don't get it. Most of my relationships or whatever, however long-term or short-term they've been, I've often been through um, the last making the first move. Oh, um, that's interesting. Because I, I, I guess if I'm I was thinking really of the stereotype, I would thought it would be I'm the other bust, thing. I'm around. in that regard. Yeah. I rarely ask people out or i don't know give me a give me a second to think i'll try and because I'll, I'll i'm i'm more than willing to say my my relationships who asked who uh let me have a think um like i, I i'm not saying i'm not going to go for each individual one. right well it was this girl and she said this like no, i'm not gonna do that i just mean i'm trying to think like if i can come up with a percentage of who asked who percentage uh, wow. no i meant like a percentage of out of my relationships. I know, I know. Like, I'm girl, like, 75%, like, if I said, like, 75% of my relationships are girl ass. That's what I meant. I know what you're trying to do. The fact but that you could make a percentage is actually quite impressive. Eh, not really. You haven't been out with a huge amount of people. Um, I'm just trying to think. It's not a case of I'm trying to remember how many people I've been out with. If that's what people are thinking while oh, they're listening to this. I mean, I'm literally going through my, like, half a dozen girlfriends and going, Okay, who have I? Who who asked who? And I'd probably say it's. I'd say it's about, mm, maybe sixty percent in favour of me asking them, and about forty percent uh, the girl asking me. Um, I would say, for my case, it was a little as ten or twenty percent of me asking, possibly. And yeah. but again, I mean, I guess if we were going to be, you know, pragmatic about sort of talking about it in a in a wider sense, that. But that. That could be circumstance. Like it could yeah, be. Say on that, yeah, yeah, but, but but it also relates to sites because of those which I have met on dating sites. It's obviously yes. it's been like 
they're, they're them sending like the first email or the first oh, whatever. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah. If you're including that in the. No, yeah, no, 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 totally. Take the first move, yeah. yeah, well, that's technically the first move, isn't it? So yeah, so so that's interesting because yeah, well, I guess if, if we were honestly though, sorry, um, in regards to honesty in profiles, though, yes. because you asked me before about you know the scenario on the bus and you asking like what were you doing? Uh, yeah. That, that laughter was um, being was, distressed. Yes, because part if we're talking about mental health, right, and we're we're talking about in our profiles and it's part of our character, surely it's a good. Thing because we're also cracking stigma that way. So, and I've Good always point. been told that, you know, if you saw somebody who was physically in pain, um, you know, someone might have collapsed or um, had an accident, your immediate reaction would be to go and help, wouldn't it? We're, yeah. we're kind of almost psychologically kind of trained to do it in that way. Yeah. But if, and that, that example of that, that lady you saw on the bus who was obviously distressed. If if that is, was a mental health issue as well, I mean, it it could have been it could have been something that should read that sent her into an emotional um, downturn. Yeah, wouldn't we be obliged as well? Shouldn't we be obliged to, to approach? Because I, I would. I mean, if I if she were if she was in definite close proximity, I would have said, yeah, I would say, are you all right? Is everything okay? Is anything I could do? Um, yeah, I honestly speaking, think, especially when they've got a child, for heaven's sake, because yeah, because I was like, it's such a really good, you know, you've made very good, so a couple of very good points there, because I, I, I think, I think that's a very valid, valid argument. And as I said in regards to my example, which we touched on earlier, I think the main issue was the proximity of how far I was away in the sense. And I know that there be, might be some people listening to this who think that's such a cop out. Uh, it might be in the sense of I'm more worried about what other people think than what I should be doing. Like that might be true. Um, but I, I was thinking of her, in the, uh, and I'm not trying to be bravado about this. I was thinking of her in the sense of I didn't want to make her feel worse about the situation, and she might be dealing with it as best she can. And I might have made a, a, a negative, I had a negative thing because because of the proximity of just I felt like if I got up and then went and sat next to her and then said, "Are you all right?" Like, and I don't know her. And um, it would make the bus aware of the situation because she was, I could see also she was trying to hide she was crying. So by me, by me like going, oh, by the way, everyone, she's crying. Like, it means that it would make her in, even more embarrassed about what was happening. So, so yeah, that's, that's, but yeah, it to does round, lead to that. To, to, to round that point up into what we're talking about now in yes. regards to profiles, I mean, again, it links to the point I was making about social media profiles. I mean, I, I actually mention mental health um, in mm-hmm. my profiles, like, you know, that yeah. I, I have PTSD. And I'm not ashamed of it. It's what I have. And even if even if I, even if I didn't put it in my profile and you were getting to know me, um, it, it would reveal itself in a short while anyway because it's, it's who I am. It's part of me. Well, it, I might guess, well, it might as well be out there. And but he, he has, I guess the, the I can I can I can see what the the reason I asked that, like the the implication behind my question. I think I can reinforce by asking you a question in the sense of, um, like, would say you were going out with somebody, um, and say they weren't as sort of, I guess, secure in being open about their mental health like you are on Twitter or, or I am and you went out with someone and then maybe say you've been going out with them for a month and it's really gone well and you think wow they're really cool and I really like going out with them and I'm thinking about taking them to see my friends and and um, you know I don't know and I just I'm having a really good time with them and then they take you to lunch 
I already know the answer to this, but I'm just... I think I know the answer to this, but I'm just saying this is a good hypothetical scenario. And you go to dinner, and this hypothetical girl says, Ricky, um, I'm really, really... like I. There's been something I've been wanting to say to you since I've been going out with you, and she admits to you she has a mental health issue. Would that be an issue? Would it be an issue more that she has a mental health issue, or would it be more of an issue that she just didn't tell you? Because that's kind of what... Because I'll say, like, before you answer, and the when I, um, the thing that most concerns me is not that I have a mental health issue and I know it doesn't define me and it, it, I know it wouldn't be the be all and end all of me being with someone. I know that for a fact. The problem is that my I always get this sort of anxiety and worry in my head of if I don't admit to it straight away and it comes up, I have this fear of that if I said that to the wrong person that they would use that as I can't be with you anymore. I guess I'm being honest in that sense. That I sometimes do worry about that. Um, that the sort of stigma. I mean, it's, such of... A, it's such a great question. It's, it's yeah, really yeah. um, mind thinking. But I yeah, mean, yeah. But that's it, why we do this podcast. It's not just mental health, is it? I think a lot of things about a person. Which I think I think most of us, if not all of us, have hang-ups for whatever reason. Yeah. And and whether it's mental health related or not, we, we all have that kind of anxiety where when would be the right time to tell that person. Exactly. Like Regardless of what it is, yeah. About, about you know, would it be potential deal breakers? You know, like yes. their own kids and stuff. Yeah. So if I was, see, so you ask if I was seeing somebody and and they and they, well, I mean, yeah. Well, first of all, my immediate reaction would be, I'm so glad that you that told you. you. Yeah. I was I was trustworthy to admit that to. Yeah. Because Good. to a lot of people, there's, there's it is hard. There's a, yeah. There's a degree of time. Yes. Um, some people it can be straight away. Some people it has, it has to be, you know, um, longer. Yeah, because uh, that's a good understandable point. Reasons. Could be you so could be the first, first person thing, they've told. Yeah. yeah. First my reaction would be, well, thank you for feeling that that you could trust me to tell that and admit to because it's, good. it's not it's good because that's that. what stigma is, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, relationships is probably doubly hard than with, with you know family and friends and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I guess, um, and if I really like that person, um, I guess I'll probably feel more endeared because to, yeah. to... They've revealed something about them that's difficult for them. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously I have my own hang-ups, so... Yeah, I think it would be hypocritical if you turned around and said, oh, no, that's terrible. Like, my only, oh. my, my only, my only gripe in, in that scenario, if, you, if, if someone asked me that, would be... I, my only disappointment, but I would understand it, obviously, was I would have wished they'd have told me sooner. And not in the sense of that I would be use that as like, right, I'm leaving. <laughs> like, I can't believe you didn't tell me sooner. But this is over. Like, I, I mean, literally, and it's I'm just disappointed. Like, because if if I would, what I mean is, if they if they were in like if they were like in pain or ambivalent about telling me because they were worried about my answer, that would upset me. In the sense of that they'd gone through that trauma of telling me. Of being worried about telling me when it was wouldn't be a big deal, um, but it's the same like you know we were talking about dating profiles and what you know about someone through dating profiles, and um, the other thing is that you know if they've got a child or not. Now that's another example of where ten fifteen years ago you may go out with someone and then a month after a month or so going out with them they might go okay there's someone who I've not told you about that um, I was waiting until it got serious. We were saying this, didn't we? Sorry? 
We recently talked about this. Yeah, exactly. That's why I brought it up because we we've had me and Ricky had a conversation about this after uh, after the last show we did, and and uh, we we like years ago it would be like a thing you would wait to tell somebody if you felt like it was an issue and like because you'd want to you'd want because and it's understandable. I mean, it's understandable in the sense of it's a big deal to have a child and it's a big deal to go. Oh yeah, and I I wanted to see if it was serious before you met met them. Um, whereas now it's like it's almost like you. It, it's protocol to know whether a person has a child or not, and now, so I mean, that's an argument in itself. Because I, I guess yeah. the counter argument to that would be, if you didn't tell the person about the kid, then you're being disingenuous to the person you're going out with, and that's something they should know from the beginning. Maybe that's a fair argument, but my point is, I guess the real crux of my argument, the whole reason I brought this up is, is it? better to know something beforehand and not give someone the opportunity to realise they might be the perfect person for you or is it better to know all the information beforehand and make sort of a prejudgmental decision of oh I this this and this is a reason why I can't go out with them because I I, I question that in the sense of you know because I said this to my friend uh, Phil he's went out with his girlfriend for ages I'm like I'm sure because every couple goes through this that there's something that bothers you you know, I, I, about about who you go out with, um, and it's I'm sure it's the same for other couples as well that I've asked, and I'm like, but I bet you it doesn't matter to you as much because it might be something you've discovered in your relationship a year or so after going out with them, and you're like, it's annoying, but it's nowhere near enough to bother me that I would not, I would get get rid of all the wonderful things that makes this relationship so amazing. And yet, yeah, you, you ask a really good question there. Um, yeah, that's the thing that most I baffles think, me about it. Like, uh, and I, I feel like I'm onto something in that I sense. Think if that you were, I think it. I was going to say like a single mother, but I guess the same applies to if you were a single dad. Yes, there's, there's. I don't think there's a wrong or right answer to this. No, there isn't. There isn't. If, if you if you were of child or children, um, I guess you might not want to reveal that straight away because you'd probably. Um, if you meet someone, you probably like assess that person yes. how, how they'd be because you know that you've got and they'll be they'll inevitably there'll be a relationship with the children as well to some degree. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's also good in someone revealing that they've got kids to start off with because you could you, you get you get yeah. to see the approach of a new person and, and if they're willing to accept what they've read and know then. And I guess like would you would you rather know that someone has a problem with kids? from the day one or day yeah, yeah, 300 because yeah. you've wasted yeah. 300 days to find out that the person has a problem a massive problem with something that's really important in your life so yeah i get that i get that completely and it's something we've both admitted to haven't we that we've kind of turned 100 degrees over yeah because totally I, yeah, I yes. get the example that uh years, over person, 10 years yeah. ago like 15 or so years ago yeah uh, yeah, yeah something like that i i was getting us to know someone really well she was like she was beautiful. She was like funny and everything. And then, then it came. Then it came to this. I think at the end of our one of our, and it was going on for a good few months. Mm-hmm. She happened to be she happened to be living over in the states. And then she said in a in the tail end of a conversation, I think that oh, but I'm going to send you an email because there's something you should know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fine. I didn't think too much of it. And it was yeah. like, and bearing in mind, she was like, I don't know. Late twenties, and I, I think I must have been in my early twenties. She might, she was late twenties, early thirties. Yes, and she had a teenage daughter, which implies that obviously 
been teenage, she must have had her when when she was like a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> now, now when you think of that, yeah, when you first hear that with certain people with certain ages, you go, "Wow, you must have had that kid." You start doing like maths in your head, <laughs> and you like think it's worse. Well, it's really the same thing. Yeah, you know. see, now I'm not as judgmental in that way. I was back then, but I was naive. And I'm glad stupid. you. I'm glad. Thank you for saying that because you reminded me of. Um, this is another reason why I wanted to bring it up because when I had this conversation with another friend of mine, obviously off air, and, and, and when I was in a in a pub, was my friend said a point I couldn't disagree with. That he said, he's like this particular person I've known twenty odd years, and he's a very kind, nice person. But he said a really good point, saying like. You know, am I a bad person for when I go on these dating sites, they force you to pick like a criteria of who you should look for. And he's like, now, if you're, and he, again, uh, it's such a great point, so I'm trying to make sure I, I, I do they force necessarily? Sorry? Do they force you necessarily? Well, the, well, not force you, but you know what I mean? It's, it is an option. So it does make you sort of, it, it yeah. makes you sort of have a, a, a second think about it, which I think is part of my problem with it. Um, so what I mean is that. So that, let me see my point. So he said, as mu- it, it makes you think as a prerequisite that do I want to go out with someone that has a kid? And he goes, if you're telling me that there's someone out there on a dating site or even in regular life that has a kid but is perfect for me, then obviously no, it isn't a problem. But under this hypothetical dating site, before I've even started dating a person, it asks me, do I want to go out with someone that has a kid or not? At this moment in time, when they ask that question, my answer would be, well, preferably no. Mm-hmm. And he's like, does that make me a bad person for, for putting that? Because that, in that, and I, I, I know, like, it, it's, it's a difficult to kind of really really like show what it is what he was getting at but i really really understood him because he was kind of like making the making the 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 point i'm trying to make of the dating sites by that thing is a problem because they're forcing you to make decisions you might not make if you met them randomly but it's the it's the unfortunate circumstance of what you're in is that it forces you to be more judgmental than you would be and the reason i reinforced that is i'm willing to admit on this podcast on my own podcast that um, I realize how judgmental I can be. You and I can give you an example. I might read a profile that sounds like the greatest girl ever, and I'm like, my God, I really should email this person. She's perfect for me. And then I might look at her pictures and go, ah, but I don't really like her in a looks capacity. And it's like almost like it. The website makes you feel like you have. It's like too good to be true, and you're trying to find like a, a negative aspect of it, um, and you might not email somebody on a really silly technicality. Yeah. And the one I, I think I even admitted this on Mentally Sound once. You might remember, or I made a joke of, and I was being deadly serious. And I know, I'm, I'm, if, if people want to criticize me, this is fine because it is kind of silly. But there was a girl who I read a profile of that that sounded particularly nice, but then she said she was a massive fan of Justin Bieber, <laughs> and that, that really pushed me over the edge i was just like i the idea of going out with someone who likes justin bieber yeah. i find silly and i know that that's a very stupid stupid mm. thing but it, it is a deal breaker for me as stupid as that sounds and i know it's stupid and i know it's irrational but that's just that's it um and i'm sure isn't, isn't there a but then what if i went out with someone for two months and they admitted that and they were the love of my life it might not bother me do you see what i mean it kind of proves exactly the problem yeah but 
Perhaps there should be something in the back of your mind saying, okay, she has really bad music taste. But that's something I could, like, you know, I could take it to like better gigs and, and hopefully convert or something. Yeah, you know, make a borrow like bunch of albums and go, this is real music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you never know. No, I, 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 mean, I would, I would have been in the same boat in that regard because if we'd said something like... Yeah, uh, my joke when we were saying that was, but it's Justin Bieber though, so I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'd be like, deal breaker. Don't care how long it's been. <laughs> Like, I go, I'm taking a woman down the aisle, and she goes, I like Justin Bieber, I'm sorry, I have to cancel this wedding. You know what, <laughs> do you know what I used to hate in, 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 in profiles, in dating profiles? Yes. Um, well, I don't want to be gone. It would be, it was when I used to see that person, like, with her friends, um, especially with, like, loads of friends, like, whether they're having a good time or whatever, because you know what it used to say to me? It used to, it used to like, it used to represent to me, like, a panel. Because, you know, like some, I don't even mean, mean <laughs> judgmental about women especially, but... Yes. You know, they, they do, um, guys do as well, you know, yeah. they talk about their, their spouses and... Uh-huh. It's almost, when I used to see it at last with, with like a load of friends, I used to feel intimidated because it would be like, oh God, does that mean I have to like meet her friend standards as well? Not just yeah, this. yeah, and be judged. Like, yeah, yeah you have to, to hit a criteria of they fr- our friends have to like you. Yeah, but I mean, because when I used to tell this to other people, it, 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 no, I totally get, I totally understand that. Um, I was going to ask you like, because I think this is something because we were going to talk about friendship, but we've been talking because we need to wrap this up because um, uh, we've been going for quite a bit. Is um, is because uh, that led me to to French. We we're going to talk a little bit about friendship because we were talking about this before we started, and. But I think that's really important as well, which you just touched on, in that I really um, think it's like, say, for example, part of the deal for me if in the, in my with my future hypothetical partner, they would have to like my friends to a certain degree, and I wouldn't be prepared to go out with someone to sacrifice like all of my friends or some of my friends if they didn't like them. And I've seen relationships that do that. Um, so that's part of the issue as well, is finding someone that gets on with your friends just as much as you. Now, I'm not saying we have to be all, like, hunky-dory and go out and, like, you know, go to a ca- caravan holiday trip with everyone or something. But, you know, yeah. I say this to my friend, to my friend Chris the other day, like, if, if, uh, if you came to my flat, right, and I, you, and I'd been going out with, uh, someone and you, like, she was living with me, and you came and visited me and knocked on my door, and I was like, "Oh, Ricky, hi, come in, man. How's it going?" And I, you came to like hang out with me or whatever, whatever we were gonna do. And yeah. and my spouse was with me, and yeah. I I think about this quite a bit because I think of like hypothetical scenarios like this all the time. And I'm like, if I had a spouse who was in the flat and we both knew we were in the flat, and she ignored you the entire time you were there, that would yeah. piss me right off mm-hmm. because I'm like. You know, I would hopefully be with someone who... And I'm not saying she would have to forcibly hang out with us, because if she had stuff to do, I'm not saying that. But if you came to visit me, like, you've you've came into a territory that she's in as well. And I'm like, yeah. you, she should acknowledge your existence. Like, and yeah. she should be like, hi, how are you? And I'd hope you'd have a good enough rapport that she might be like, oh, how are things, Ricky? And maybe even talk talk to us for a few minutes. And then if she's like, oh, but I've got something to do, so I'm sorry I can't stay around. Like, that would be more than enough. But I have been in certain situations with certain couples where if I've went to visit one half of the couple, it's like you don't exist to the other member. It's like, oh, they've came to visit that person, so I'm going to ignore them completely. And I'm like, I don't, I don't like that, um, at all. Uh, but so, I guess, I guess in so that's that part of the, part of the deal. 
So in that situation, you've learned something new about that person. Well, yeah, in that scenario, it would lead to an argument. Once you left, I'd be like, right, why were you being such a brick? Yeah. And like, you know, you weren't acknowledging my friend. That was really rude. Like, and that I would, I would have an issue with that. Now, I, I'm sure there'll be people listening to this going, "That's over the top," but, but not, that, not that, to me. That that would do you a disservice because um, I would give you, I would trust your judgment that you would find a partner who was um, polite I, and yeah. And but I think totally it goes fun with you've made yeah. and whoever else was in your life, and, and yeah. you all got well. I mean, and I think it goes for back someone to just, for someone just to ignore somebody's existence in a room or whatever scenario would just be well, plain rude. Well, yeah, it's rude yeah. in general. Forget being a partner. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but also, as you say, it goes back to the really good point you made earlier of that's the benefit of internet and the benefit of able to meet, like, talk to someone in that through technology is that you don't have to actually meet them and get to know them in that manner and you can be more picky in that sense and that's something I'm accused of by other friends is that I am a picky person, I'm picky with who my friends are um, but I don't think that's a bad thing at all I know um, because I don't believe in this idea of having social friends who you never see and and uh, I don't believe in this thing of you know, I don't. I've I've never accepted going out with someone where I'm like I don't feel anything more than I want to go out with them, like in a really positive way. I'm not just going out with them for the sake of there's no one else to go out with. So I'd rather be single than in an unhappy relationship. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so that's kind of the, the 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 as you say, I think you were spot on in what you said. I think that is one of the positive aspects of the current society we're in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, um, so I guess like as we wrap this up, and I'll tell you the surprise that I need to say to 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 to, to um, Ricky because I really wanted to tell him this. Is um is there anything else? So, so I guess like in terms of catching up, so we've we've obviously talked a great deal about a lot of things. Like, is there anything you want to mention in terms of since we last spoke three weeks ago? Like, is there anything you want to tell people about, or is there anything on your mind before we wrap this up? Well, I mean. I think we've both admitted that we've had a couple of like rough days. Oh yeah, recently. we never said that. Yeah, we never even talked about that <laughs> to a degree. I won't go too much into it, but no, I mean, no, I suppose to. it gets. I guess I'm going to kind of admit to, or for those who don't know, like what anxiety can be really like sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had like guests over at the the um, house and stuff, and my social anxiety can get so bad sometimes that it reminded me like when. It was back to my breakdown, you know, sometimes, well, in severe breakdowns, I mean, you can't leave the, the bed first and foremost. And Yeah. Um, so I was, like, getting, because what, what was originally going to happen was all week that um, we were going to have, like, guests come over. And and I was, like, feeling a little bit kind of, not pressured necessarily. I guess you could call it pressure in some ways, but... Sometimes um, anxiety and, and like in, in certain people's companies, who you don't have an already good rapport with. I mean, remember like that first mentally sound meeting we had, that one of the early ones where there was like loads of us in a room. Yes. And I was like really timid, and and, mm-hmm. and that and you acknowledge that because you 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 I know you suggest and it's very nice of you to do so that how I've come a long way in that way that that I was a very timid person who was like sort of scared and not saying much. It's understandable though. In the and, same in a, uh, and here I'm kind of talking to you. Um, yeah, yeah. But that's all down to 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 your to to down to 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 your help as well, which which I'm grateful for. But mm. so we were like creating scenarios where okay, let's try and get out and let's try and you know do some outdoorsy stuff. 
yes. maybe kind of break the ice that way. <laughs> and for whatever reason, those situations didn't happen. So we were confined to the uh, living room or back room, uh, which is quite stuffy. And it was like a warm weekend as well. You know what I'm like in heat. And yeah. So, I mean, to cut a long story short, um, I didn't get to have the, 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 the good weekend, which I hoped to have. Yeah. Um, I know because of basically anxiety just got in the way and yeah. and a couple of snap decisions which didn't go in my favour and that's why I felt really kind of low and crappy uh, like yesterday makes sense, before. Makes so. sense because I think that's something I, I hope people listen to this if they're thinking about mental health and I know I've talked to this other other people I know who have mental health issues the one thing that's really hard about it and that's a great example is you sometimes are are put in a situation where you're forced to be social when you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the shittest place to be in. And um, when you were talking about that, Ricky, you reminded me of when I used to grow up. And my family, my house was the place all my family used to gather. So mm-hmm. um, I was like sort of, I want, I really, I remember, like, as you said that. And I, I kind of like only really remind, you've only reminded me of this because of that, which is a good thing. And then I used to, like, go back to my room and, like, my mom used to get annoyed at the fact that I would have periods of time where I just wouldn't be with my family. And um, it was really down to the fact that I just didn't want to socialize and I was really awkward and I, and I felt uncomfortable. And I guess from my point of view, to compare, like, personality-wise, like, you're fairly more ground... You're a little bit more grounded in that sense of... And I, don't, I may not... I don't know whether this is fair to say, but it might be that you're not as bothered about it as I am, but... Uh, to a certain extent, but because I was like a real crowd, I wanted to be a crowd pleaser to a certain extent as well, which didn't help. So I think, and there's an element of people look at my regular personality as quite a sociable person. That, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was it was uh, it, it's it's like sort of I'm perceived as like almost being rude. Um, so yeah, it, that's so what like, I mean. It makes yeah. you feel it makes it makes you worry that other people think that you're rude or selfish or yeah. lazy or, or just not bothered and is, but that's, that's just a, them not understanding that's the last it. thing that's the last yeah. thing we are because no, no. for heaven's sake we we go on radio quite regularly and talk about personal intimate stuff about mental health in order to help others so how could we be perceived that way it's just that no. we both we both have our own conditions we I mean, stop I'm glad you said all this actually because it actually if I can compare it to what we were just talking about in terms of a relationship that is something a partner with mental health and I, I'm, spe- I'm, hope- I'm speaking to someone I'll be speaking to people who maybe have a partner who has mental health issues that is the one thing that is the most understandable thing you can do for a partner is to not take it personally um, so I heard Chris Hardwick on Nerdist talk about this as well because I mean I don't think he has a mental health issue but he definitely has like a an ang- I think it's, it might be an anxiety issue actually because he's like he's so work orientated that he's like and he gets so paranoid and worried about things that he says he would come home and he would like used to just stare at a wall and I yeah. it's I, I know people who think that's a silly remark it is literally true and that sometimes when I'm ill. Um, yeah. that is the best thing I can do is yeah. just switch off to the point of where I can just stare at a wall and let time mm-hmm. it's because it's almost like you're de-stressing and just like not thinking about the stressful things and it's almost like a meditation and that you just need to this, the chaotic your chaotic mind needs to just be quiet yeah. Yeah. Um, and I resonated with that really strongly and so from a relationship point of view you might be especially if you're living with someone mm. 
and I, I've lived with people, this is why I don't live with people, actually, I think I've never said this, but this is one of the reasons I never live with people, is because when I did, no one ever understood that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is very difficult to explain to people like I'm not being a prick by not hanging out with you I just I, I don't want to and I felt you feel so guilty especially if it's something that's like a regular thing um, well, now see, you say don't want to is or rather you can't maybe yeah, is that what you mean it. yeah I can't, I can't yeah yeah deep down you'd really like no, to that's but, a good that, no that, I think that was a, a good interruption I think that's I think a good a good distinction i think you're right yeah it's more you can't i mean obviously but there are some because you're in a bad mood or something you might not want to at the same time but yeah your regular personality is thinking i wish it wasn't like this but the more responsible thing to do and i've got i've so got better at this as i've got older is even with my best friends and stuff and it's in a great because they understand i'm not saying best friends in the sense of i don't really have best friends i don't really like that term because i think all my friends i care about in the same way um i just mean my longer friends who've known me a long time, I guess, because they've known me for all of this, is that they know that if I just say I'm not feeling great and I don't want to come out, it's not that I'm saying I hate them and I don't want to know them and I don't want to see them because I do. Um, it's just yeah. that particular day with my mental health, it's better I don't. Uh, for ev- kid, for, for when, I, when I was a kid, um, I grew up around... My, my friends, my best best friends as a kid was actually like my cousins and stuff yes so i used to i grew up with them and had like loads of fun but now that we're all grown up and um of most of my cousins now of my age or you know either slightly older or slightly younger are like married with kids so they really kind of moved on and i'm i'm still the person i am except i i've developed a you know mental health condition which which stops me from like catching up with them and 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 like reminiscing of old times and that so and that and that really sucks because um and going back to the example of the weekend that we just had because yes. I think you know because I mentioned it to you quite briefly but I won't go into detail but I, I might do later on when you know there's more water in the bridge as it were but my the guests who were coming close family members and they've gone through like a hard time themselves all right yeah so I I was putting myself into the mindset that I really want to spend time with them and express how sorry I am and, and you know Oh yeah, I know you yeah, 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 yeah. But my anxiety was so high and, Makes sense. and the situation that we're in. Yeah. Put, put put a real kind of like hurdle in that in the way of that respect and it was really hard for me to get over and that and that and that made me feel worse afterwards as well because i never got chance to to do that yeah um, it's like you want to be there for somebody else but you can't because you're not able to yeah. it's that kind of feeling yeah no that sucks that sucks yeah. it's like that but again i guess the best way around that because i guess i've been in situations like that as well and it does suck and you hate it is i think the best way around it is like i say about we were going to talk about friendship and just like making time for people um the way I rectify that is I make time for people when I'm able to and I'm well enough to. So, like, I make it up to them when I can. Um, that's the best anyone can do in any of this situation. If you've got a problem that's long-term or forever or is a consistent problem, that's the only way you can kind of deal with it. Um, so well, the way I, well, the way I'm trying to do... Well, the way I was trying to hoping to do during the week... And the way I'm going to try harder now, from now on, is to do my best to like, like make a compromise, as it were. So, yeah, exactly. So, if, so even if it means that if we go out and maybe do it out in the open air, where, yeah. where we're probably less pressurized yeah. or in a in an environment 
uh, I don't know, like a cafe or something or well, anything. I mean, if there's a pub atmosphere, even though I've, I don't drink anymore, but if it means that I could spend time with them through that way, but yeah, 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 so some that's some sort of like half, halfway house. No, I think that's how you. I think that's how you best. Yeah. Uh, deal with it really to be honest um, and as I say it goes back to like I said about the thing about relationships about understanding a person you're with with mental health is if a person like I said about that scenario with, with staring at a wall if a couple because I would say this to a potential partner is if I come home or I wake up and I know I'm going to have a bad day because usually I think I think we've talked about this before I usually know uh, most me- people with mental health know the first 10 minutes they're awake if they're going to have a bad day mental health wise uh, for the more extreme people like that that definitely is my case like I just know if I'm going to have a shit day um, uh, and you know what you know what you know if okay you're you're very forthright about your bipolar and yes. I think most most if not all the people who follow you and who you mates are on social media know about this yes and if there was somebody if there was somebody who shared your condition and was interested in all other people who, and, and you know, compare themselves and feel comfortable talking to somebody else who are open about their condition, yeah. And if and if you guys suddenly happen to hit it off and you found you you, you liked each other in another way, where you going with this? Yeah, okay. What well, what's the harm in that? Because. So you basically the question you're asking is like, can do you, in a hypothetical sense, do you think someone with mental health for both of you can they live together even if it's the same thing well, hmm. well you, something you could test the what because the reason i bring this up is because i think in previous times we've talked about you know, these sort of dating websites which are catered for yes mental health people and you know yeah. obviously we, we know how patronizing it can be <laughs> um, but because it, it gives us the impression that oh you self-harm, I self-harm, hey, we're made for <laughs> Let's self-harm together or something. I know that's horrible to say, but yeah, I get that's your point. That's horrible to say, but, yeah. but, but even if two people could get each, other in that, get each other and understand each other in that way and they know what you're going exactly, through. Exactly, yeah. The, and who the knows, emp- maybe, The empathy maybe. factor, the empathy factor of I know what it's like and so I can help you. The problem, I guess the, the worry people have to answer your question is, I think the worry people would have is what if you have the the what if you have the downturn at the same time then who looks who looks after who it would be just two people struggling um but i don't think that's a f- but then i don't necessarily think there's an issue with that because this is the issue i think this is i think in a weird way we you've 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 underlined what i think essentially leads to stigma and mental health because people look at that scenario and go, it's mental health that's the problem. When it's not, it's just a problem that happens to be mental health. Whereas, what if the person... Uh, it, I don't think it's just as healthy if a person was really mentally strong and a person was mentally weak. And that made a relationship work. Um, I don't think that's realistic either. You have to have a relationship where uh, where it is going to be imbalanced at certain points that's what makes it a relationship and this is why i said about friendship and that you have to be there for them when it's bad as well as good and you have to have the same level of commitment you have to have the same desire to be around them because otherwise you're a user then like you you're just expecting it to be great all the time and that's not the way life works um and that's not work that that doesn't lead to a worthwhile relationship either so it's difficult in the sense of if it's if you've got a volatile disorder and it's it makes yeah. you 
more harmful like you are it's a harmful relationship then it might not work but hypothetically there's nothing to say it couldn't um because like you said the empathy factor of you would know you would know like how to help someone and know when to kind of, like i mean you might not know all the time but you'd have a better understanding of okay, well i mean it, okay it could i be need to leave that like, person alone because no. mm. uh, um that they, they, they need time to themselves or something um if you have a social media profile, or, or even if, because some people, you know, make friends through dating profiles, I think it's worth mentioning that as well. Yes. Um, if you saw someone's profile who, you know, who they found out you found you find out that they have the same condition you have, and you might think to yourself, "Oh, that that person sounds really not 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 only does he or she sound really interesting, but they share the same condition I have, so it might be worth me getting to know that person too." Yeah. Maybe maybe they know. Maybe they have coping methods which I don't know. They could tell me, you know, there's various ways of looking at. And it just so might happen that you could just hit it off anyway. And, and yeah, I say it might not matter. It might not matter in the sense of it's like having a, a problem in general. It's like say, say, say for example, I was think the comparison I was thinking of. Say you in a, you're in a relationship with someone, and that person loses their par- a parent, like a parent dies of old age, and they're grieving for a decent period of time then that's an understandable reaction and you're going to probably try harder than that person because they need you they need them to be there for you you yeah. need to be there for them because there's something that's happened that sucks in life and it's that's part of life um the, the best you can do in well, any relationship it, too, isn't it? Yeah. sorry it's part of the deal you sign yeah. up to isn't it i'm just i was just about to say like the 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 only thing you can ever hope for in anyone you know is that you're willing to give the same back that's yeah. that's it that's yeah. really it's as simple as it sounds um um and so yeah it, it's um i was going to say actually because you you brought up an interest the reason you said that was quite interesting my last girlfriend had um a personality um borderline personality disorder and yeah. that was a problem uh and again not because she had it it was because of how she dealt with it and also um and also the well, like, for example, because it's, like, a personality disorder, I didn't know who was her and who wasn't her. Because, like, one minute she'd love me, one minute she'd hate my guts or something. It was, like, that kind of problem. But also, um, the the real crux of the reason why, you know, I did stop liking her and she stopped liking me is that she was really... Everything was about her illness and about helping her. And at no point did she give me any help for what I went through. And it was, like, a competitive thing with her. Yeah. So whenever I had a problem, it was like, oh, that's nothing compared to what I go through every day, and and just everything is someone else's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, and uh, it, I, that that's just not being aware of that she's part of the problem in the sense of she needs to do stuff to help her not be as difficult and be there for someone else for a change. Like like because that's one thing I learned. I I never going to change and that's part of who i am is that if some a friend of mine comes to me and says i need you it doesn't my mental health shouldn't be part of the equation like as in i shouldn't go oh but what if i get sick uh by helping them which i know people i know i've heard people say especially when i was in hospital i heard very good friends of mine come to me and go but i can't help you because it might make me worse now that's just to me a really selfish 
prickish thing to say. Because, yeah. well, I'm not right. contagious. Like, that's not what mental health is. I'm not contagious. Yeah. And if I, di- if I am angry and upset, with upset, like, why would I be at you for helping me? Like, so it's just a cop-out of not wanting to do the right and thing. What's, what's also bad as well is when they throw it back in your face, because I remember going out with one girl who... Yeah. Um, she was really pretty in that regard. We, uh, admittedly, we didn't have a great deal in common. Yes. But... But... But there, w- there was a certain rapport there. I guess it was like... Um, I think you told me... Is this the story you told me about the, the girl who you told and she just, like, threw it at you, threw it back at you? Yeah, and it's like... like I guess it was that's nothing or whatever. It's one of those relationships where, I guess, you know, opposites attract in a way. It was like... <laughs> but we, oh, we, we, we had a go. Yeah. And and for the first few weeks, uh, month or two, it was, it was going quite well. But then when it got to a stage where... Um, I think it was ended ended in, in a phone call or something. I can't remember. She was quite argumentative, um, but when it came to throwing back your illness in your face, because she would say things like, "Yeah, you know, your whole PTSD thing. I really don't get it, and you know, it's not my it's not my job to get it. You know, it's just your thing." And and I just say, "Okay, we're breaking up, but for you to to use it as a weapon, as a tool to." Um, it is, it's, the, it's the worst dear John letter you could ever write is just throw your own bloody you know mental health back in your face. That's what she essentially done. Yeah, well, that sucks. Right. But that kind of just tells you it, all it, you it, need it, to it, know that yeah. she's not the right person. Um, but anyway, yeah, we need to wrap this up. So yeah, um, as as we as I touched on, I know Ricky knows this because we touched on we mentioned mentally sound a little bit and. Um, uh, what we've decided to do, and I've, uh, everyone who's involved in it is okay with this, so we're going to do like a best of and put it on this podcast. So if you haven't listened to Mentally Sound, which me and Ricky also host once a month, uh, we're going to put like a best of of the shows so far. Um, and uh, so we, we're, I'm going to ask obviously Ricky off air, like sort of to send me some clips because uh, I might not have certain ones. Um, so obviously, and uh, he, we're going to like record an inter- the introduction to that after this uh, recording, but. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, also, like I wanted to end on because we need to really do wrap this up because we've been going for quite a while. Is um, the surprise because this only got confirmed today, and I, I think Ricky's gonna like be overjoyed with this surprise because I've deliberately not told him until this point because I want to get his reaction on on <laughs> microphone. Is um. Uh, I have no idea what, what it is. By yeah, yeah. It's, I'm hoping you're free. Uh, well, first of all, I have to ask you if you're free at a particular time. Because if you're not, it would suck. Because it's the only time this person can do it. Are you free? Uh, uh, this will make no sense if you're not from the UK. Are you free Monday afternoon? As in a week on Monday, yeah. Like, not week on Monday. Oh, like week this, on Monday. Sorry, this, this Monday. I don't know why I said a week on Monday. I think it's Monday for some reason. Um, th- as in the Monday coming up at 5 o'clock. I guess I can. <laughs> you really would want to be because uh, Claudia Christensen has agreed to do a full podcast. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm really not kidding. Um, so I said, I even said this, and we're uh, confirming it today. Is uh, yeah, and I said like, oh, I, I'm, there might be another host. So I said like, uh, so I, I felt it would be fair to ask you if you wanted to be part of it. Um, <laughs> That's why I waited because he's like speechless. Hang <laughs> so, on a minute. So when you met her at uh, uh, which convention was uh, it? FCD, yeah. Okay, so do you guys kept a correspondence then? And no, like um, I basically about three or four days ago. Because I'll admit this now. I mean, well, we're doing relatively okay, but Ricky knows this because I sent him an email about potential guests. Because um, for the first time since we've done this, we're, uh, since I've done this. 
I've hit like a lull in terms of emails. Like I've had people obviously like declaring, yeah, I'd love to come on, but just getting fixed dates for some bizarre reason this month has been really slow. And I'm behind by about three podcasts or so in terms of I, I should have put more up. So um, that became a worry. So I just suddenly sat there and went, right, I need to like kind of really send out more emails about asking people or email some people I know about. Do you know anyone who wants to come on? Because like, for example, there's a guy who's worked on X-Men as a stuntman who was interested and I keep trying to get an answer from him. The, the the people who are doing Dark Souls the board game um uh, they've they they're at Gen Con right now so they can't do it to the end of the month um Marty and Fran are going to come back on uh, Gary Pollard's going to come on again because we were going to talk about that football tournament we did and a bunch of other stuff um so yeah it's like a, there's a whole host of like yeah we'll do it but it's I guess because it's the summer I'm, I'm guessing like just people are like struggling to get yep. uh, get well, an, an answer this time of year, yeah. so yeah so I just went on a whim went who can I ask who's either been on who I know who might say yes and who obviously who has I mean and obviously I do think of someone who may have a pedigree in terms of guests and so I uh, found I've I did some digging because I'm getting quite good at like sort of finding a contact information and basically found her email address um, did some emails of like, oh, I'd like to talk to Claudia Christian's, Christian, and I guess I sent the link of when she was on before, and just went, she'll know who I am, so could you send, Could you? I basically got a hold of our secretary, and then basically went, can you, um, can you, uh, can you pass this on, she'll know who I am, uh, he has the link to when she was on our episode, um, and I'd like to do a full episode with her, and uh, she got back to me today, so, yeah. and I went, and then she, we basically through uh, messaging on Skype and stuff uh, organised to do it this Monday so that's why I was leading to the end to go I'm assuming being that you said you were a fan of her and stuff you'd like to be part of it so I'm officially asking you on the air oh. <laughs> well I'm definitely going to be free now I yeah <laughs> yeah if I said like oh it's with such and such nah I'm, I'm a busy man I'm I mean, like, the only thing is I mean I know, I, that I know you might be but I was like my, my concern I don't mean to be a prick about this but I was a little bit like oh is that going to make him like really nervous and not want to do it but I don't know but. no I'm, key, I'm dead keen to do it the only thing is is that I, I obviously you know a lot more about her work than I do it doesn't matter I, Matter, right? I don't think it matters. And I mean, uh, as you know, people who listen to you this won't mind know, me talking about space cadets all the no? time. No, well, I'm going to ask her. I'll, I'll, I, you know, I, I, I swear to you, as much as people don't think this, I swear to you, I don't. Ricky knows this is mentally sound, and I'm not trying to make this a bravado bragging thing. But I yeah. don't do. A, I do do a little bit of research. But my advantage is usually the people I ask, I know a little bit about already. It's very rare that I don't know anything, and if I do, I will read a little bit about them. But I don't write down set questions where I'm like, oh, I must ask them about that, because it's already in my head. And in terms of Claudia Christensen, there was quite a few, because I only got 10 minutes with her, as people know, listen to that pod, that episode. Um, so, for example, on Netflix, I watched a, a film called Arena, which got remade a few years oh, ago, yeah. and uh, she was in it. And it's like really, I quite like it, even though it's crap. <laughs> like, so I'd really like to ask her about that. And also, um, she was it, and like one of the things that uh, got pointed out to me after the interview was she was in Nip Tuck for a long time, um, and that obviously was a massive I show. So, um, uh, you know, that's something we can ask her about. Obviously, as well, she's an author now, and she said I can, I want to talk about because I always, for those that know behind the scenes stuff, I might not say this often enough. Um, the, obviously, people who come on the podcast 
do occasionally say, can we talk about this? Which makes sense, because why, would, why wouldn't why would we? So obviously there might be a criteria for what to come on, but whenever someone says, how do you get people to book guests? That's really, if you're willing to talk, let them talk about what they want to talk about, you you got a good chance for them coming on. So we will talk about our new book. How, um, how much time is she granted? Uh, only an hour, yeah. um, unfortunately, <laughs> but it was like, it's more than enough. Um, yeah, so yeah, because um, she said she had an appointment afterwards. So we do because of the time difference. It's five o'clock our time, but it's like eleven ten. No, it's ten because she lives in California. So so yeah. So um, yeah, I, I just I I'm kind of like wanting to brag now because I know you'd be like, oh, that's so cool in a sense. But I have Claudia Christian a uh, uh, Skype address uh, on my Skype right now. <laughs> well, just to tell your listeners, yeah. I mean. I, I think we we got into a conversation of who who kind of our pinups were as it were. Yes. And I know it was like I mentioned off off off, off cuff that you know um, there's because we were to, it relates to what we talked about before actually about someone who we appreciate aesthetically but more so internally like good sense of humour and I mentioned Claudia Christian because you really she, like her. She, because she, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not being silly, Ricky. I really, I, I know, like you like her already to a certain extent, but, um, like even while I was messaging her today, she was like, oh, really nice to speak to you again, and she was like, oh, looking forward to it, and she, and like some celebrities, you know this because you've talked to me privately about this. Some celebrities are pricks in that sense that they're just like, right, I want to talk about this, 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 and this, and are very like, oh, I'll just do what I need to do. She seems really keen to talk, and I that gets me excited to do it. Um, and I, and as you know, when you when I sh- sent you that the clip of her doing it, well, I sent you the the audio of her talking because I um, met, made sure she mentioned Ricky because I knew like had a thing for her. Is um, uh, she she like we talked about Playboy and that, and I know for a fact like I'm not being silly when I say you we talked about that before I went went because I mentioned that I was going to talk to her, and you were like, oh, that's really cool. And you said about her being in Playboy and stuff, and I asked that directly, and she had like Playboy magazines in front of her and the, in the stand and on the table she was at, and um, she's really open about it. And so, and you said you asked certain things when I was sitting in a coffee shop with you, where I was like, that is actually interesting to ask, because I would actually ask in more, and I'm being deadly serious, like I I would I would be more than comfortable to ask her, like so in terms of like Playboy shoots, because the 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 good comparison is Playboy's nothing like that now. Um, it it's it's it. I think didn't they say that they were going to be only a news based thing now? Um, well, didn't they also? I mean, like, and also know, just like what was a what was a Playboy shoot like? What was it like be. to do? Like, yeah. uh, you know? And if you, have you seen the pictures? Because one of the things that I find, yes. well, yeah, around that, well, you know, let's Thanks not let's let's, let's 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 be adult about it. Um, <laughs> but it's just like one of the things. You know, from a silly point of view, as I noticed as well, they made her dressing kind of like really um, futuristic looking clothes. And I was just interested to know, is that in relation to okay, yeah. like a Babylon 5 character? Because didn't yeah. she do it like mid 90s, like late 90s? So I guess that would be when Babylon 5 was on the air. Well, it was you who told me that she got, she was named what, Sci Fi's most. Yeah, most desirable woman in the 90s, yeah. I'm not surprised she was stunning. I mean, she still is, like, and she's in her, like, 50s. Yeah. Um, Going back to Space Cadets, even though that was, like, a half hour show that she she was on, she might have been on a couple of episodes, but. I do remember the one where she was on about Bill Bailey and stuff, yeah. Yeah, I just immediately knew. Yeah, I asked her about that last... As you know, I asked her about that last time I talked to her. Very briefly, and she was like, oh, I liked it, I enjoyed it, it was good. 
And, uh, so yeah, I mean, like I say, so we, I mean, just filmography-wise, and like I say, I asked her about Claudia Kahn and about conventions in general, so I really don't think we're not going to run out of things. And obviously, Babylon 5, I asked her a little bit about, but we can go into more detail, because like, stuff like, did she think it ended too soon? And, well, another avenue and, is, um, I mean, I, I, I know from another show, um, a show called Broken News, which was like a take on, you know, that. like, on the hour. And, yeah, um, yeah. Wasn't that with, um, was that with, was that with, Lucy, Broken News with Lucy, Pen- Lucy, uh, what the hell is her name? Was it a radio show? No, no, it was on TV. Oh, it was on, it was it a BBC show? Uh, was it BBC? I can't, I can't What the hell is that girl's name? Lucy, like she's a comedian. I quite liked that as well, she's like not, I mean. Not Lucy Porter. Uh, yeah, Lucy Porter, is it Lucy Porter? Uh, uh, was she involved in that? For some reason, thinks she was the involved. In that. No, I don't think she was. Oh, okay, no. I might be um, thinking of another show then. Anyway, Karen. It was a it was a spoof on 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 sort of modern day um, news um, shows. Like yes, like I definitely remember it. Yeah. News. yeah, yeah. And she played the U.S. correspondent. Um, oh, that's good to so know. So she, it'd be it'd be good to ask her about satire, and obviously, as we're in the presidential election year, it'd be good to t- have her. Take on like people like Donald Trump and, mm. and others. And I stuff mean, she like. might decide. Like I say, you always got to be. And I, I mean, if it's probably going to be like your most high, high pro, I guess high profile person to talk to. And I guess like you know, uh, as you know, this is just the, the the like most of these things. It's unfortunate for people who listen to this, but they you know you do have the respect the right of. They might not want to talk about it, but um, yeah. I see your point. It's an angle to go down. But mm-hmm. she might say, "Oh, I'm not willing to say like about who I." believe in politically or anything which is fine but she might still answer the question she might go but satire on a whole i think meaningful and here's why um you always get that she's obviously got a good sense of humor i really don't think she'll say that though and honestly though my my hunch is she'll be very open about anything really because like i say i asked her she told me she told me in the last thing she didn't say a figure but she told me off camera how much she got paid for playboy yeah. And I was like, "Good for you." <laughs> and I was like, "For that money, I'd take my clothes." <laughs> so I'm just because um, she must get asked to do. Not that uh, anyone would pay me for that amount of money, but like. <laughs> she gets gets asked asked to do a lot of the, like interviews and stuff all the time, and I'm assuming she doesn't get. Well, she's part of the convention busy. scene. If you go well, on our web, I was going to say yeah. she remembers you, and she obviously. Thought you you gave a good impression, or thought you were neat, unique in the fact that you're worthy of talking to again, or something, or no, no, it's nice of that. I know, but I think that's the advantage of meeting someone in person is that you build up a rapport and they're willing to come on, and if they've got something to promote, that's usually even better. Um, so yeah, it, it's pattern, but it's like using each other and patting each other on the back type capacity. I get a episode out of it, they get something to promote. Works for everybody. So yeah, so yeah, I'm excited then. So there, that was the surprise for you, which I'm glad I could say because it only happened. It like it happened fairly fast because I sent the email a few days ago. I had a reply waiting for me when I got up this mo- got up this morning because I guess for the time difference, she must have sent it last night. And um, yeah, she answered me like eight o'clock. I mean, how how Babylon five up up are you? I mean, in terms of. Well, I said this, t- I even, like, admitted to her after the last interview that, like, I, d- I wasn't really a fan, so I knew a little bit about it, and I'd seen odd episodes, because it was on Channel 4 over here, and it was quite a big deal, um, mm. and I knew about her character, and I'd seen the odd episodes, so I was like, I, I had a rough idea of what it was about and everything, but I couldn't say I'm a huge fan, uh, but 
as a fan of sci-fi in general, I'm aware of how good it is. Uh, in the sense of, like, it's very well respected, and it's the first show that ever did CGI, because straight after it came on, straight after they used CGI, uh, and it, like, the most up-to-date CGI in the 90s, like, when Star Trek Voyager came out, which is my favourite Star Trek, they basically stole that idea. Um, Babylon 5 were the originators of that, and, um, and also, you know, everyone, like, really, really likes Firefly, which you might have heard of, which is the yeah. Josh, we- Josh Wheaton series, it only lasted a little bit. Like, them type of shows, since then, have, like, Babylon 5 to thank, because they're very similar in, in terms of, like, the, the way they're done, and, you know, being in space and ships. Who's and, that? Who's that? Um, because we both talked about um, Big Bang Theory, and we yeah. both agreed that we kind of enjoyed it in its peak, but we, do, we don't so much enjoy it now. But, you know, when, mm. how, when the character of Howard used to have his, like, fantasies, who was that last that he would always dream up of the... Oh, um, uh, um, uh, Katie Sackhoff. Okay, and uh, what, what's she... She's Battlestar Galactica. She's Battlestar, right? Okay. Yeah, she played, um, Star... Star... Starbucks, um... So I was gonna say... If, because if, what they did in the new series of Battlestar Galactica is they changed Apollo and Starbuck to be women instead right. of men, because in the original series in the 60s, it, they were both guys. Uh, I was I was a big fan of the original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Um, it's always an interesting comparison. I like, but I actually... I enjoy which it. is weird, which is weird to say, because usually remakes I either don't like, or I prefer, like them more than the original. I actually... Battlestar Galactica is quite unique in the sense of, well, I actually I like both really versions for different reasons. Um, but yeah, I, I, just, I, I have I to say... Silence as well as baddies. I thought they were the ultimate baddies. The, the one heterosexual thing I'll say to end the show, because it's a good way of ending, because I guess I'm, to be stereotypical heterosexual, I don't blame Howard for having hers. I fantasy. I always liked Katie okay. Sackhoff. She's very nice. Well, the reason I brought that up is because had I been Howard, I would have probably brought up... Uh, she's someone I'd like to interview. Get my dream? <laughs> yeah. So, so, she's someone I'd like to interview in the sense of the 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 um, the interview I heard she did on Nerdist was like one of the funniest ones because she was like really just up for anything uh, and they she, she was like as jokey with everybody else because um, she was on to promote Riddick and uh, there was a lot of like rumours that she was going to be naked in it which she was for a little bit and so they she actually just like answered it directly and went on you know but um, she actually then said on that uh, podcast which you know credit to her she was like I've been like fully naked in another seat in another movie, so I just find uh, that no one saw. <laughs> so it's just, like it's very silly that people <laughs> get so excited when it's like. It's interesting you know. in that episode because she and George Decay talk about what what it's like to be stereotyped. Yeah, yeah. In that thing. Um, oh yeah, that was in, yeah in the limousine and stuff. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, be amazing to interview him though, wouldn't it? George Decay. Get to talk to him. Well, uh, yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, See, being would part he be, of would he turn, be up there in your kind of dream? Not really, to be honest no. with you. I mean, I'd, I'd, I would be honoured to interview him. I'm not saying that, but... Um, no, he wouldn't be on, like, my, like, top ten list or anything. Uh, okay. Not in, in terms of Star Trek people. Um, there's people from other... other I, think, I think his backstory is... is oh, more, yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'd be actually more sort of interested in the fact that he's gay. And, and I don't mean to, like, make that, like, a, a big thing, but it is a big thing in terms of... Uh, also, how old as I heard on Stern that... Um, he also revealed it to John Stewart when he was a one of his last guests on the Daily Show. Is yeah. that um, he was he was kept in internment camps during World War Two yeah, because yeah. Like, Japanese Americans yeah, were yeah yeah and like tortured and, and stuff yeah. yeah I know yeah that was really sucks. Um, 
And um, he was very good. Um, I just don't, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I just, I just, I guess in terms of just if we're talking to just Star Trek, um, yeah, there's people I like more. Um, who I'd like to to talk to, but um, but no, I mean obviously if, if someone oh you you can talk to a Star Trek person, but it can, it, it has to be George Sakai. I wouldn't be you know how what why would I complain? <laughs> You're like oh yeah. this is a disgrace. I'm not happy. Like of course I would. I'd be overjoyed because he would certainly be. I guess the point you're making, which I totally agree with, is that it's not like you'd run out of things to talk about with him. Like yeah. you know he's got a lot. He's had a, a long long career and uh, he's still sort of relevant now, which I guess is the biggest. Uh, compliment we can give him is that he's still like you know he must be in his like 70s or something now mm-hmm. and he's just as relevant as he was when he was in star yeah. trek so it's pretty pretty impressive anyway we really need to wrap this up so yeah that was the surprise so claudia christian is going to be on the podcast and we and i are going to interview her on monday so that should be out in a couple of weeks as you're listening to this um so really cool she's been on before she was on as ricky said she was on fcd 2016 a few months ago so if you want to listen to that version and uh, as well feel free um, but yeah, so I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, so things are picking up. We actually do have big, some guests uh, um, coming back to me agreeing to be on. So um, I'm in a, I'm much more uh, confident about it now. So so yeah, thanks guys. Uh, thanks Ricky for being on as per usual. Really really fun. Uh, we talked about again uh, very stream of consciousness. Like we talked about a whole bunch of different tangents, yeah, but it was really fun. No, I was. I really enjoyed that. It was really yeah. good. Um, I always feel that way. I always like I'm ambivalent, going, oh, I don't know, like why, why am I, why do I just see how where it goes, and then I suddenly get, I like about five minutes into a podcast, I suddenly go, that's why I'm suddenly I'm in, I'm involved now. It's interesting. So, yeah, I really had fun. Another football one soon because with the season upon us. Yeah, it starts on Friday. Thank God. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I said, like I want to do the more of these with Ricky because I mean, it gives it means we can put more episodes up, and I can guarantee that we at least do an episode of just like this where me and Ricky just talk about stuff and and kind of talk about news and update and more sort of behind the scenes stuff potentially. Because as this grows, hopefully we'd have more stuff to reveal. Uh, it would be nice, and, and it's just nice to to have a, a one where we're not sort of talking about one person's career. We can talk about. You know other other stuff as well, other topics. So I hope it kind of helps as well. I hope people who are in date, if people are uh, in uh, the dating scene like I am, good luck and and try not to get <laughs> as downtrodden as I feel sometimes when doing it. Um, there are genuine people out there. We're not all after dick pictures. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and as we said, with mental health, hopefully the stuff we've said makes sense um, and helps people in some way. And uh, we just hope it's been entertaining, basically. Um, as we've said uh, if you got this far thank you so much for listening uh, please do subscribe on iTunes and uh, obviously please do tweet about it uh, and everything else um, obviously go to Geek Apocalypse if you want to uh, have more information about obviously the other episodes if you want to listen to them without iTunes and uh, like we say we'll keep you in touch on Twitter and stuff uh, Mentally Sound hopefully um, will be coming back we never got a chance to talk about that but we might do in the introduction for the uh, best of which is coming up and as I say Claudia Christian next we've got the guys from Dark Souls Steamforge Games uh, who are going to come on after Gen Con so they're going to talk about Dark Souls 3 um, Claudia Christian um, Marty and Fran are returning um, Gary Pollard um, uh, hopefully David Kinsbury who's the guy from the stuntman for X-Men, a bunch of X-Men films I'm going to be trying to get him on for a while which would be really fun 
so yeah, we, I am working very diligently on getting the episodes up. So just expect them when I when I do them, basically. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks to Ricky and the podcast. Thank like you. I always end in the words of the great Beam Movie Robot Jocks crashing. Then I will see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Watch Podcast. And thanks very much, guys. Bye.